Tim Burton is late for Halloween, John Travolta and Robin Williams accidentally star in a modern classic, and the animation wars of 1989 rage on. This week on 30 Welcome everyone to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, each week taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back to the past of movies, TV, music, video games, and so much more. And this week, oh boy, lots of animation. I'm very, very happy. There's something to look forward to in each and every decade, of which I mean, as of this recording, 1989, 1999, and 2009, covering the week of November 15th through the 21st. Oh, we got so much of everything. We got Don Bluth, we got Disney, Tim Burton, James Bond. It just doesn't end. It just doesn't end. It's a lie. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Bad dogs go to hell, Diana Goodman. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. And, oh, I'm lo- loving what that is a reference to. A uh, movie I haven't, I need to watch very, very soon. But uh, I only had time for one this week. And, oh boy, did right in t- just in time for Disney+. Plus. I don't know. Oh. I think that's kind of fortuitous. We'll I think see. So. Yeah, twenty like thirty years to the day, mm-hmm. uh, we get Disney Plus launches with something cool on it. Um, welcome. We'll start as we always do in nineteen eighty nine, um, November fifteenth to the twenty first. Once again, thank you to all the Laser Time patrons out there. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. It's how we support the whole network. We appreciate you guys very, very much. Have a bunch of fun, long, drinky content coming for you this week, so um, look forward to that. Um, <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. Uh, whatever. It was fun. We had people over. <laughs> and we turned it into a podcast. You can't beat that. Be a fly in the wall for our drunken shenanigans. It is and, pretty similar to how we are yes, with not on mic. Yelling about how great Parasite and Dolomite are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's <laughs> two great movies that we won't be able to talk about on this show for another ten years. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, a little bit of news to bring you into 1989, November 15th to the 21st. On the 17th, demolition ends on the Berlin Wall. What does that mean, Dime? That means that's it. They took the whole fucking thing down oh, in I, a week. Well, I mean, I know there's sections there's left parts up. That are still there's left. like a little section left. Yeah. Uh, but as, as a monument. Yes, hmm? I know that because I saw a tweet earlier this week of someone standing next to it saying walls work <laughs> right walls work if they are manned with machine guns and mm-hmm. are used to murder people sure. for 30 years in the middle of a city mm-hmm. it's not no. something you should aspire to have in your country Mm-mm. no that's not a good example no, now no. Hadrian's wall now there's a wall <laughs> now that's a wall um but yeah the berlin wall we talked a little more about that last episode but yeah like that was yeah it all came together it. very it's fast just, yeah, it's just it. It's not even like, oh, no, it's open now. It's like, no, fuck that wall. Fall. Wall's gone. We're done. Good. One Germany. Yay. Um, but getting into the movies of 1989, November 15th to the 21st, what the hell is Mystery Train? And why is Screaming Jay Hawkins the only name I recognize in the cast? <laughs> um, this is a Jim Jarmusch joint. Of course it is. Uh, with a couple different uh, interconnecting stories. Uh, the other name, well, you probably don't recognize, there's Nic- Nicoletta Brasci, mm-hmm. who's uh, Mrs. Roberto Benini. Oh. She's in it, too. I remember he was uh, previously in, like, the last Jarmusch movie. And it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a very random, hangouty sort of intersecting stories kind of movie. Mm. Yep. It's, it's very... 
heading heading into the glory days of the indie film, this is sort of like a precursor mm. in a lot of ways. I'm I'm glad the the dog in the background is really showing up yeah. for it. Yeah. All <laughs> the neighbor dogs are like really into like I love Jim Jarmusch. I imagine Jim Jarmusch is a fun name for dogs to bark. I feel like the, the dogs are, are like shut up y'all, get to the good one. <laughs> Talk about the one where we go to heaven. <laughs> They're very. Are you sure they they could be really excited for Valmont though? It's true. I don't it's, think so. It's very sexual. They're, they're they're Milos Forman fans, I guess. So we talk about like Armageddon versus Deep Impact, but we never talk about Dangerous Liaisons versus Valmont. We really don't. We really don't. Do we and have you know to. What? There we is a reason. <laughs> Valmont's fine. Dangerous Liaisons fucking rules. Yeah. I just don't Listen. remember Colin Firth being in movies this early, but I think it was all stuff yep. my sister and mom were watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. So, yeah, Colin, Colin Firth, Annette Benning, and Meg Tilly doing a different version oh, of the same story. The worst yeah. Tilly. Speaking of Jennifer Tilly, uh, ah. <laughs> Elm Street Nightmare Season 3. She's the MVP of Bride of Chucky. Mm. Fascinating film. Oh, yeah. You have, have got to see. Uh, I don't care if it is edging on Christmas time. Speaking of which, uh, we have our first Christmas movie, Yay. I think, of the show. Yes. Um, of this season. And it stars Johnny Galecki, Sam Elliott, Cloris Leachman, Abe Vigoda, Michael Constantine, Ariana Richards. I read that out of order, so I don't know who's the most important in the movie. Prancer. Something magical is about to happen to Jessica Riggs. A very special reindeer is coming to visit her. Prancer is in the shed near my house. Now, she and her brother Steve are the only ones who can get Prancer home for Christmas. Figured you might need some help with the jailbreak. Look, he's gonna fly! He's gonna fly! Prancer, it's pure magic. Rated G. Take your family to see Prancer fly starting Friday at. Wow, the movie, the trailer guy usually doesn't have to like personally endorse the right, movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> Be sure to spend your money on Prancer. Usually, isn't a call to action at the yeah. end. <laughs> it starts yeah, Friday. They usually have like some guy who's you know on TV in Memphis or something is like the mm-hmm. one guy is like. Bob so-and-so says Prancer's delightful. Yeah. They couldn't even find Bob so-and-so. Uh, well, I don't know why this movie is a delight. Yeah, my I, my parents wouldn't, I remember, wouldn't take me to see it. And I don't know, but I, but then like looking at the how crowded the children's media field is in theaters, yeah. I, can, so, I did <laughs> see the other it's stuff. It's true, yeah. So, no, I watched this. I remember watching this, I think, in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then when I was a little kid. And then I just recently rewatched it because I'm ready to start my Christmas viewings. And it's wonderful. Yeah. It's really yeah. delightful. Yeah. I mean, the little girl acting is great. She's a very good little actress. Mm. Did not get on my nerves. And Sam Elliott is wonderful as her father. Always. I would have um, preferred Donner Dixon. <laughs> Cloris Leachman <laughs> is amazing. And so is Abe Vigoda. He has a pretty small part, but it's still wonderful. But yeah, I mean, it's a story of this little girl whose family is struggling. Her mom died and she's she and her little brother and her dad live, I believe, on like an apple orchard farm mm-hmm. and times are tough. It's very hard scrabble. And she finds a reindeer and In she thinks barn. it's Prancer who's mm-hmm. like hurt. And so she kind of nurses him back to health and yada, yada, hijinks ensue. But it's not super sugary at all it's very (laughs) very sweet and i don't know i was watching it and i mean there's nothing in it about presents or Mm. like you know oh we're so sad because we're poor anything like that it's just this little girl who loves christmas and is also kind of sad because her mom died and sounds like emmett otter and the joy that's it kind of is (laughs) yeah yeah. and it's just about the spirit of christmas i 
loved it. Mm. I found it to be very heartwarming and, and wonderful. So I, I like the approach to reindeer. I am I am a huge fan of Christmas, but also a massive proponent of removing Jesus from it entirely and leaving it with solely reindeer and trees and tinsel. And I love reindeer, and because yeah, I try, this. I try and have a non-denominational Christmas decorations, and like mm-hmm. you can't argue with reindeer, man. Like sure. there's nothing in your 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 Bible, the Jewish Bible, that says no reindeer, Diana, right? Um, well, I don't think they're kosher, but besides that, <laughs> probably not. Actually, they might be kosher. Do they chew their cud? I mm. think they do. They're, they're cud chewers. I have no okay, idea. Okay, then, you... yep. Then, then they're kosher, and therefore, I guess they're in the Bible. That's, Yay! That's why. Yay. Well, just as, as someone who watched a lot of Christmas specials, I do like the occasional when they focus on a, a single reindeer. That's mm-hmm. not Rudolph, mm-hmm. because right. those, those reindeer, like olive. those reindeers, all of the other reindeer, pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, what's what's the, the the what's the British one that's pretty good? Oh man, Robbie the reindeer, pretty mm. decent. Uh, but it's just that like Rudolph came along like 10 years into the reindeer mythos and like overshadowed everyone and no one ever got talked about yeah, again. It's a damn shame. Mm-hmm. There, there, are, there are eight more of these fucking reindeer people. That's right. And they're doing the hard work. Yeah. And I, as much as I like the, you know, the guy with the, uh, nose based abnormality, I can very much relate. Uh, but come on, Prancer <laughs> deserves a little bit of love too. But like I was saying, I don't think my parents could take me to every kid's movie in theaters because they had to, t- had to choose one or possibly two in this case. A movie I watched so very much mm-hmm. with the voice talents of Vic Tabak, Charles Nelson Riley, Dom DeLuise, Judith uh, Barcy, and Burt Reynolds in All Dogs Go to Heaven. The story of a canine con artist with a second chance at life who became a little girl's only chance for happiness. I'm an orphan. A little girl who talks to animals. Could you please tell me which one of you is going to win today's race? Old Dogs Go to Heaven. Hello, Charlie. And Burt Reynolds as... Charlie! You're the best friend I, I ever had. You'll help me find a mommy and daddy? I promise. Oh, Charlie! <laughs> All dogs go to heaven. That makes me so happy. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> There's so many things mm. you can't see in animation anymore, like a character who constantly smokes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> or a oh, dog. Yeah. There's a lot of smoking and drinking. Or uh-huh. a beautiful People dog that somehow drunk and stuff. has cleavage. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, had Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson gotten divorced at this point? That's how long animation no. takes? No, not yet? I don't know. Well, but uh, the star Judith Barcy had been dead for more than a year. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty fucking remember, awful. We talked about her. She was Ducky in Land Before Time. Yep, yep, she yep. Was murdered murder. by her father, um, who was a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but <laughs> this is the this is Don Blue flying for the first time without Steven Spielberg. Um hmm. and and I think I'd, I've always wanted to know more about what happened to that relationship. I don't think it was terribly acrimonious. I think it was just Steven Spielberg has other shit going on. And uh, but like, Land, uh, an American Tale and um, Land Before Time are obviously the most famous Don Bluth films. But I think this might be the best looking. It looks it, really it, good. It does look mm-hmm. beautiful. The mm-hmm. animation is so fluid and interesting, mm-hmm. just all the time. In fact, like, I never saw this as a kid, so I watched this this week, so I, I came in cold. Oh, wow. Never having seen this as a kid. And it's pretty damn good, except for one... Well, there's two problems. One, the songs suck. Yes, yes. This is the, this is the problem. This is why Land Before Time is so good, because it skips the songs. Mm. 
Don Bluth is not good at that at all. And I don't care if you do like uh, Anastasia. I do. That shit but that's sucks. Fine. Uh, but the songs in uh, American Tale are an abomination. Yeah, they are so terrible. But I think there was some rule written that they had to be there. And the Land for Time is so short because there are no songs. Except yeah, for the Dinah Shore like one, one. One song is fine. And the rest of them, I was like, oh, please don't. Sing. Oh, no, they're singing again. They just finished a number. They're singing again. Oh, this is so trying to be somewhere out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a song there's that okay. wants to be somewhere out there so freaking bad. And I, my other problem is, like, I never quite know what the characters want after a point. Like, it starts out is a cute idea that, oh, this little girl can talk to animals. So these dogs basically kidnap her and have her like go talk to the horses at the horse track and figure out who's going to win. And then they come up with a complicated plan to bet. And then they make a ton of money and it's like, Oh, okay. But then their goal is to open a club which <laughs> for appears, dogs and then is quickly burned down. And then uh, the main character's murdered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it starts with the main character getting murdered yeah. like real early on. Ugh, there is there is a, a, a Burt Reynolds did not return for the sequel, so Charlie Sheen uh, played Charlie in oh. All Dogs Go to Heaven two, and I think there's an All Dogs Go to Heaven Christmas straight to video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this would be the most successful thing Don Booth ever did outside mm-hmm. of the watchful eye of Lucas and Spielberg, and I, I really do dig it a lot. And, and just I, I say it looks really good when you watch it right next to Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid feels like it's cheating. Because mm-hmm. its its backgrounds are smeared in green, yeah. and this is just like this is a huge city in every single shot that looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the camera moves a lot more. Don Bluth takes a lot more chances with animation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I I can't really say I prefer it to Little Mermaid, but like it's impressive and it deserves to be rediscovered and watched again. Um, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to hate it, frankly, and it's like, oh, you know what? No, this is pretty good. And yeah, the animation's beautiful. But, I mean, I got to give Don Bluth credit Mm -hmm. because he going head to head with Disney and he did not know. He didn't know what he was doing this time, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's okay when you're going up against Oliver and company Mm -hmm. or Great Mouse Detective. Oh, yeah. But here we go. The beginning of the Disney Renaissance. Disney has owned your shit for 30 years now. Yeah. Uh, has owned everybody's shit and for 30 years. And now it's starting to own everyone's shit again. Yeah. And now everyone's yep. signing up for Disney+. Plus. Uh, yeah. Yes. The Disney comeback. Here it is. It's Little Mermaid. It's yeah. entirely Little Mermaid. And mm-hmm. then just following up with Beauty and the Beast in a couple of years just cements it. As Disney has this shit locked down. But like like you're saying, like um, this could have... I believe the way this could, this could have been the end for Disney. Like in the, in the 80s, mm-hmm. they, they had... After Don Bluth left, after the hard times Disney had in the late seventies, watch the small one this Christmas, won't you? It's very good. It they they had I think had almost made the decision to we will just coast on former nostalgia and bet on the parks yeah. and theatrical re releases and and video had come out so they had this this uh, boon mm-hmm. to their money because their yeah. theatrical stuff was not doing very well at all. Massive money Ooh. losers. Uh, again, I think they have some of the more fascinating movies of that decade. Uh, Flight of the Navigator and Who Framed Roger Rabbit being some of my favorites. Movies that right. Disney Company would never make, the type of movie Disney would never make again. Mm-hmm. But uh, Little Mermaid was like, I have to imagine there was a bunch of people sort of like, fingers crossed, if this doesn't work, I don't know what the company looks like. And I don't, mm-hmm. I wasn't reading trades at the time. I'm just a little kid. And like, I couldn't really tell the difference between. A movie like Little Mermaid and Cinderella, like it mm-hmm. just looks sort of the same. I, yeah. Like even my VHSs were not widescreen, 
So it, it, it felt like, whoa, the vibe is back. This creepy Black Cauldron, Oliver and Company CG stuff. <laughs> I, it doesn't feel like that. This feels like old Disney. It does, mm-hmm. but it also... It, it sounded different because it was definitely updated for a little bit savvier audience. I think right. the idea now is that parents are maybe more involved in their kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Our boomer parents are much more down with experiencing media with their children. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make these movies uh, a little bit more appealing to grownups as well. Like this is where you start to see real jokes. In things. Uh, it's the first comedian that I know of that Buddy Hackett. It yeah. was like it's the only person I know in the cast mm-hmm. that I'd heard I previously sort of heard of in 1989. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's an actual comedian that people know voicing one of these characters that hadn't really happened before. Right. Um, I think there'd yeah. been like radio, funny well, radio people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but but not like established comics. Like there wasn't even like a lot of celebrities in Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. No, that that's true. And and I mean I think another big thing is the music. Oh, yeah. Speaking oh, yes. of the songs, All Dogs Go to Heaven songs suck. <laughs> and then Little Mermaid, they're like, okay, if we're going to make a movie musical, let's get some musical guys in. And so they bring in the guys from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. That's already a weird story that uh, many years ago, Roger Corman spends a weekend to make a movie on a bet. <laughs> I bet I can make it a movie about a Jack Nicholson classic. and an Edie plant. <laughs> about a plant that eats people. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a cult favorite and then some guys make an off-Broadway musical of it and that becomes a hit and it becomes a movie and then they get hired by Disney to fix their animation songwriting and they do. It's it's weird. It's, it's, that is it's wild. It's kind of ha- Peter Jackson coming in to make Lord of the Rings. Like mm-hmm. this weirdo guy who's basically sending up genres comes yeah. in to like pioneer a new genre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Know, what are the songwriters' names? Alan, uh, what were their names? Minkin. Minkin. Uh, Macon and uh, Howard Ashman. And Ashman. Mm-hmm. And one would yeah. die, like, not soon soon after this. How, Howard Ashman, uh, he might already be dead, or he's mm. about to die, unfortunately. He, he unfortunately had AIDS. Yes, in the 80s, mm. which was incurable, yeah. but little. No, he died in 1991, at okay. 40. Oof. Oh, my that God. Sucks. I hate people I'm older than. But this not is a, fair. a beautiful, right. beautiful film. You, odds are you can you just can imagine exactly who's talking in this. I think this is a touchstone for everyone around our age. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney Pictures presents the unforgettable story of the Little Mermaid who fell in love with a oh, handsome prince. My father's gonna kill me. And who struck a desperate bargain with an evil sea witch. Ariel's been turned into a human. Now she's experiencing an incredible new world of adventure <laughs> and romance. You look wonderful. One of the world's greatest stories is now Disney's newest animated classic. Isn't it fantastic? Only in theaters. It's the Little Mermaid. Rated G. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspapers for showtime. There we go. Check your newspapers. Uh, (laughs) And it was it was the first time I noticed my sister and I were a fan of renting another Little Mermaid movie from Japan that I think came out in the late seventies. Where Mm -hmm. uh, uh, her name is an Ariel, but the mermaid is very clearly topless the whole time and has a little tiny dolphin friend. And uh, that unfolds like the story where Mm -hmm. she dies in the end and she loses her gambit with Ursula and becomes Mm -hmm. sea foam in that version. She just. She just withers into the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, I remember watching this, like, wow, I can't believe they're going to... Oh, they fucking changed it. I'd, I'd never experienced that in a Disney movie before. Mm-hmm. Like, I expecting it... Because Disney had defined Cinderella and Snow White and all those other fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Their versions are what I think are Pinocchio and Peter Pan. 
I, it was the first time I like, oh, they ruined the Little Mermaid. <laughs> well, they also, I mean, this is also where we're starting to see Disney, Disney princesses with more autonomy, mm-hmm. a little more sass, mm-hmm. ideas about what they actually want, and a little bit more agency. I'd say not. An, my, my recent uh, my recent viewing of this is like, I forget. Ariel stops talking for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> a very, right. very long time. Doesn't say oh, yeah. she, yeah. Tra- she trades her mm-hmm. voice, mm-hmm. literally her voice, mm-hmm. so she can go talk, but not talk. She can go see a guy that she's only seen. She can't communicate with him. I'm going to argue about that agency thing. I don't think so. I think <laughs> she's giving it all up for some hot dude. Yeah, well, for, for the D of a different species. Compared to the <laughs> Disney princesses of yore, she certainly has yeah. more speaking lines, certainly, mm-hmm. and she's conscious for most of it, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's defying her father, so she's defying at least one dude. The only thing that, that okay. like, really bummed me out of, uh, like, you know, you know you're not supposed to, like, Tell your kids which one of your favorites. So why are your eight daughters singing a tribute song to one of them? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how... I always kind of felt bad how, for the like, other ones. Damn, yeah. that's a lot of pressure. I felt bad for the other ones. Yeah. Like, what, they got to just marry a squid or something? Yeah, well, I mean, there that's were a couple ugly cool. sisters, but that's, it's Disney. What are you going to do? Oh, we can't they gotta, all they gotta be look different. It's also one of the few movies that has, like, a like genuine Mickey, Donald, and Goofy cameo in, like, that sequence. Mm-hmm. You can see them at the very bottom left. Uh, it, it just mm-hmm. a, a beautiful movie and one of my favorite just like uh, color palettes, like just mm-hmm. bright mm. blues and greens and pinks and yellows. I, I love everything about The Little Mermaid mm-hmm. and I watched it 100,000 times. And the music <laughs> is great. Mm-hmm. And it's the first yeah. time I remember as a little kid being into music, you mm-hmm. know, like because I was pretty young. I mean, when I was watching this, I was probably five. Yeah. And because I probably my parents probably did not take me to the theater to see it as a four year old. So thing of Bob, you got 20. It, yeah. <laughs> and I just these songs are burned into my head. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about like, OK, you've got Kiss the Girl. Great. Mm-hmm. Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Classic. Part of your world. Love it. And then Le Poisson. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. It don't hurt because you're so dead. Weird. It don't hurt because you're dead. I... It's one of my favorite. It's like a creepy line. And yeah. It's beautiful. And <laughs> also, when I. That was my first recital dance song as a little baby ballerina, was to <laughs> Le Poisson. And. At the, we had Can little, you do the dance you did when you, he goes, hee-haw! I mean, there were steps. And they, we had little cardboard meat cleavers wow. as part, as a prop to our costume. Wow. It was amazing. And when I look back on it, I'm like, <sighs> my ballet master, she was a genius. <laughs> did anyone watch Little Mermaid live like a couple weeks ago? Oh, uh, I heard I'm John so Stamos curious. played that, the chef. Yes, yeah. he did. I just saw pictures and I was like, well... I'm never doing acid. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just... I'm pretty sure I'm hallucinating this. No? Okay. And, you know, good on Queen Latifah for Ursula. But, I mean, in this day and age of RuPaul's Drag Race, we couldn't find a good drag queen to do Ursula. She's based on... Is that a thing people are campaigning for? Well, the character Ursula is based on Divine. It is? Yes. Yeah. Look I, at her. I thought that was like an obvious trivia no, thing. No, that, no, like, no, no. Oh, everybody knows that. No, I even tried to help my friend Cheryl build an Ursula costume. I've never came across that information. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the, inspired by Divine. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Come on. Let's get some Latisse Royale in here, damn exactly. it. Exactly. Bob the Drag Queen. Come on. And there's a great... What Disney park? Is there a great attraction that shows you about syncing voice to animation? And Ursula hosts it and steals your voice. 
and replaces it with someone else's voice. It's perfect because it's it's about the vo- the vocal oh process and animation. That's amazing. It's really neat. Uh, and, and Little Mermaid would go on to have three se- two sequels, <laughs> a TV series. Yeah. I know, man. They're all on Disney Plus now, and that's mm-hmm. what after thirty years to the day, almost when this came out in the theater, you have you have access. I believe Little Mermaid is one of the only pieces of four K content on Disney Plus, and it looks traditional animation in 4k there's like 10 things that have been remastered in 4k like charlie brown christmas lion king ariel and that's almost it like you see it if you've never seen anything uh remastered if you have the capability it looks really good Mm -hmm. really good you know Mm -hmm. i'm also shocked when i think about how long you know we've had little mermaid for 30 years Mm -hmm. it's probably the biggest touchstone for people our ages when it comes to disney it's first thing you remember probably watching Mm -hmm. as a kid and yet there's no good ride at any of the parks for little mermaid and why Uh, it's been around long enough you'd think they'd be able to figure it out says the woman doesn't want to go to hollywood studios and the little mermaid right there i think no there's not where's Oh, it's there's like a Little Mermaid like walkthrough thing. There's one in California Adventure and one in Japan. Well, in Epcot, Ariel's under. No, that's Finding Nemo. Yeah, which that's one of the worst that things sucks. I've ever seen. That in my one life. really sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's a Little Mermaid. There is anything. Yeah, Journey of the Little Mermaid isn't. Yes, it's something, but it's like a walkthrough thing. It's okay. not a ride. I don't think there's a ride component to it. But anyways, why? and that's new too, by the way, in the past like ten years. No, the the, the one in California Adventure is within the last five years. They yeah, yeah. So, so I don't it's know new-ish. why. Uh, yeah, but it, it it turned everything around for Disney mm-hmm. as a company. It's like, and, and I don't even, and that's why I get so fascinated with this period. I, I didn't know I was watching this. I was be, falling in love with a studio that was hanging by a thread while coasting on my parents' nostalgia. That's what I was watching. Mm-hmm. And and we would, uh, I guess, if you have kids, you would eventually go in and show Little Mermaid to your kids. But mm-hmm. we hadn't had like a, a genuine Disney classic in like in my lifetime. There had been like Fox and the Hound and Oliver and Company to some extent. I don't hate Great Mountain Detective, but like those weren't yeah. those were not put in the VCR anywhere near as much as Little Rescuers Mermaid. Down Under. I love Rescuers Down Under so much, but I that's, next, that that's so much. That's in two years. Oh, that's not even out yet. It's not out Ooh, yet. Ooh, okay, sorry. Uh, it might be being worked on. It got bumped up to a uh, yeah. theatrical release as well. But I love Rescuers Down Me Under. Me too. It's really it was good. always on in my doctor's office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that and the Great Mouse with the Detective, actually. Uh, what did you call me? Uh, but. Little Mermaid, man. Right. I, don't, I shouldn't have to recommend it to you. But mm. can we point out that Little Mermaid, which just turns Disney's fortunes around mm-hmm. and sets the template for what they're going to do for the next 30 years, not number one at the box office. I know. That's crazy. Shocking. Well, that's probably back in the day where um, I guess people weren't probably coming the first day. They would come They would come the next week and the next week after that. And this well, is a slow hit throughout well, the... Uh, maybe there's... Well, yeah, part of it is is... But yeah, people were kind of skeptical of like, oh, another Disney thing. And then word of mouth and critics mm-hmm. slowly got out. And you'll just watch this slowly creep up and just sit in the top five for months. And it's probably splitting the vote with the other children's content. Oh, yeah. No, all I dogs mean, go to, yeah, like it showed a Little Mermaid showed all the dogs don't go to heaven how it's ass taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was, you know, dogs are into that. So <laughs> they were like, cool. It's a dog's version of heaven. Yeah. Um, a mermaid's butt. A mermaid's butt. <laughs> Where is that? Uh, oh, good question. Unclear. And I guess a long time, I guess I, I may have told a story a long time ago. I tried to like mimic a couple Little Mermaid sequences while I was in, on the beach in Mexico and mm-hmm. cut myself bloody on the coral. <laughs> 
Uh, like, <laughs> do not try to rise out of the ocean uh, with a wave crashing behind you. Oh, it'll just, it'll rub you like a booger on a couch up Ew. against serrated coral. Oh <laughs> like, that is also that's making me nauseous and hurt. It, <laughs> so, like a staff member had to track me down because I was tracking blood places. Like, wow. what has happened here? They 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 were like, were you mermaiding? I was very drunk. Yes, we know you're mermaiding, and you need to. Mm-hmm. Did you not see the sign? It was three no days. Mermaiding. Three days of open bar. It was. I could not be held responsible. I'm going to do some little mermaid shit. I'm going to do some aerial shit when I get in the water. I just will. Okay. I'll show you next time. Okay. Uh, but oh man, we did bring up dolomites in 30 years, almost to the day from the return of Eddie Murphy. I think someone had said he hadn't said the word motherfucker in like at least 15 years until that dolomite mm-hmm. movie. Huh. And yeah, we hadn't had R-rated Murphy for a long time. And this is this is R-rated Murphy in a project he's like shepherding. Is he directing this? He, this is yes. the only thing Eddie Murphy has directed. Yeah, I'm... and he wrote it, and he directed it, and he produced it, and he stars in it, and it's not good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a, an amazing, amazing cast. Mm-hmm. Like uh, amazing. If you cast. were a dope black person, you were probably in this movie for like a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Even what's her name from Different World? <laughs> Chris Rock and is Del- in Jasmine Guy. <laughs> Jasmine Guy. And Charlie Murphy's debut as Charles Q. Murphy. Charles oh. Q. Murphy, who has it yeah. in memory of at the end of the Dolomite. That's, yeah. <laughs> what a crazy yeah. bookend. Uh, but yeah, number one of the box office, Jasmine Guy, Della Reese, Michael Lerner, Danny Aiello, Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Harlem Knights. In 1938, the Knights belonged to Harlem. The place to be was Club Sugar Ray's. The man to know was Quick. Now, when you see Quick, I suggest you guys make plans to go elsewhere. You, I ain't afraid of going up against Smalls or Calhoun. That's because you're young. <laughs> Come on! Full of vigor. I work for Mr. Calhoun. What kind of work do you do? Whatever's required. What would a woman that fine want in a big, fat, nasty, greasy, 12 sandwich eating? What does she want with it? Oh, she likes fat guys. Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Danny Aiello. It's nice to meet you. Michael Lerner, Della Reese, Jasmine Guy. I'd like to go upstairs. Arsenio Hall. Oh, quick as mine. <laughs> Gotta stop overreacting. Overreacted. Oh, so this all makes me very happy. You know, I just want to watch the movie. I've, I've only seen this once, oh. years and years and years ago. It's not good. I, I just watched it. It's another one I had never seen before. But oh my god, the idea of Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox in a movie together. Right. And right. think I get no laughs. Della Reese and Arsenio Hall, who have like three minutes of screen time each. I laugh so much harder at them. That's there is so little comedy in this. Why? Wow. Why is there so little comedy in this? Also, can I bring up? Here's I I thought oh my god yeah I have I need to stop doing acid because both this and Har- uh, Harlem Nights and All Dogs Go to Heaven both take place in 1938 both have <laughs> scenes where the guy is starting a club and a rival club owner burns it down. It's like the what old- the fuck wow. is going on? I think we're seeing the only important thing of 1938 having a having a real swing and hooch club. <laughs> yeah, and then burning it and, and then rivals. So and lighten it up a time again. It's just so uneven and so slow. So Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor are club owners, uh, yeah, in Harlem in 1938. And mean Michael Lerner and corrupt cop Danny Aiello are trying to 
threaten them to force them out of town. And so they come up with a scam to run on them to steal all their money. Mm. Yeah, but the, the trailer really frames it like a comedy. They even, yeah. You have the Eddie Murphy laugh in there. <laughs> yeah. There's Sorry, so little comedy. Mm. It's weird. And also, so then digging into it and finding out like, oh, okay, so this is, I mean, it sounds like they had a lot of fun on set. And off camera, the jokes are flying. Yeah. Red Fox like never says anything funny. It's like no Red Fox. What a waste. Um, Della Reese does beat the living shit out of Eddie Murphy, which is mm-hmm. fun if you only know her from Touched by an Angel. Yes, <laughs> where she just keeps screaming, "Kiss my ass!" and then whooping him good. Jasmine Guy, who is so beautiful and very talented, looks like she's um on heroin. Mm. <laughs> she is so asleep, and like she's supposed to be his femme fatale, and she is just like dozing off. I was so disappointed. What a bummer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was so disappointed. And then, just to make everything worse, there were some fights and some shooting incidents on opening night at a couple different cities just because you got a rowdy crowd. Mm -hmm. And uh, I forget where it was. Some mayor was like, it's because this movie promotes violence. And it's like, this movie (laughs) don't promote shit. Right. (laughs) There's been 18 versions of this movie. This is Mm -hmm. just the only one directed by a black dude. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. There's mob violence in it, but it's all comedic. Yeah. You know, didn't, didn't it's see not you really pitching a fit over the cotton club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. You just you had rowdy crowds because people want to see a movie with Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor together and Red Fox. Red Fox. Oh my God. It's sort they of three generations. Storm, and there's like two jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm angry at this missed opportunity. I am furious. Uh, you can always watch Dolomite again. I'm on my third screening. Uh, Dolomite is my name, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But Dolomite, I love Dolomite is pretty name. funny. Uh, television of 1989, November 15th to the 21st. Not SNL. Much. Hmm? Not much. SNL is hosted by Woody Harrelson and, and David Byrne. Musical mm-hmm. guest David Byrne. I, I always forget Ooh. to do it. Um, I, I don't remember a standout sketch from that one, though. I don't maybe. either. I looked through it, and I yeah, I didn't really see too much there. Yeah, when is NBC, NBC going to like finish updating all that shit there? <sighs> SNL has like, never been so easy to find, yet when we try and go find clips from these old episodes, like, yeah. one? It's hit or miss. Yeah, you have one sketch from yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the 19th, what the fuck, Judith Krantz till we meet again? Judith Krantz's till we meet Who again. Who is Judith Krantz? She's like Ooh. a lady author who I writes could have guessed. very, uh, I I don't know if it rises to the level of romance novels, okay. but definitely like mm. gentle lady stories. Gentle lady <laughs> stories. <laughs> uh, someone along the lines, I'm imagining of a Rosemond Pilcher or a Maeve Binchy. Um, <laughs> I need a moment to look all those up. <laughs> You're not going to do that. Uh-uh. Yeah, I've uh, gone yeah. this far without knowing what those are. This is a two-night TV movie event um, starring Hugh Grant, Maxwell Caulfield, Courtney Cox, Bruce Boxleitner, mm-hmm. and Mia Sarah. And it's wow. about... Yeah. That's a weird yeah. cast. It's a very is Mia, weird... Is she Sloan from Ferris Bueller? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it's just the story of this a mother and her two daughters and their lives through from um, like the early 1900s. What? Yeah, <laughs> their loves, their lives, oh. their losses. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Eating a nap time Hugh over Grant here. is flopping around in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, stuttering, uh, trying to impress mm-hmm. one of you. Yes. <laughs> Maybe uh, all. But uh, Hugh Grant was like a couple years off of like worldwide stardom. At this yeah. point. Um, so I, I didn't know who he was at the time. I wonder mm-hmm. if my mom did. Oh, definitely not. Oh, I bet your mom did. Uh-huh. She <laughs> really floats her boat. Uh, and, there, and there were two episodes 
Same yeah. night of television from two different shows about neo-Nazis. Yeah. We've got a Mission Impossible and a MacGyver, both about neo-Nazis hiding what? in plain sight in the United States. What? Which... They don't do that. That's not a real thing, you guys. Yeah, they hide it in their emails. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Miller, I know you listen to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, I found that to be notable because... Look, y'all, we're still dealing with it. The Fuhrer's Children and the 10% Solution. Mm -hmm. Like, I really thought it was gone for a long time. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, But, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of lonely, bored white boys out there who haven't accomplished anything and want to know why. (laughs) The answer is clearly billions of people as part of a conspiracy against you and not you're a failure (laughs) get off your ass and go do something you are not interesting by default i was just watching this television program i'm sorry with andrea savage it's Mm -hmm. very good Uh, it's on netflix but it's a comedy show but she has a whole episode about how she's trying to explain to her daughter who's five about nazis and her daughter (laughs) so she she tells her about the Nazis, and I think she's also learning about it a little bit in school, and then she's really, really scared of Nazis, and she can't sleep. And so <laughs> the mom is, like, trying to explain to her, oh, you don't have to worry about Nazis anymore, but then she's like, but you kind of do still have to. You still need to vote. And, like, now the idea of, like, trying to explain that, I mean, when I was growing up in the 90s, like, the Nazis were in the past. And yes, Hogan's Heroes was on I every day. I know they still and no existed, <laughs> but it wasn't a it wasn't a real thing. I had to think about in the news every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oof, we're in a tight a tight spot now, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> uh, moving into some music of 1989, November 15th to the 21st. We'll close out the, the 89 segment with uh, talking about some new releases, such as Rabies by Skinny Puppy, the Aww. scariest thing I ever listened to, Diana, when I was actually on acid. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, skinny puppy, horrifying. Uh, I, th- I I turned it off and could still hear it from the bathroom. Ooh, uh-huh. ah. the incredible bass by Rob Bass. Uh, <laughs> don't know if that's the one who still still plays in the streets of San Francisco. Uh, Affection, the debut of Lisa uh, Stansfield, and uh, but seriously <laughs> by Phil Collins. Uh, when I see you smile by Bad English is still number one, and we're going to close that with All Around the World by Lisa Stansfield, and that's a song I should know, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I always thought it was called Been Around the World, because that's oh. what she says. Well, I've been this... around the world and I can't like... find my baby? Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this song. <laughs> yeah, it's a jam. Been around the world. Nah, yeah, yeah, my dog yeah. agrees. Yeah. <laughs> well, he and I agree. There go the dogs. Yep. <laughs> well, let's close out with that. Uh, see if Lisa Stancil can find her baby. We'll be right back with 1999. Stay right there. Coming in with a reminder, Dre exists. So apparently people what? have forgotten about him. All you motherfuckers <laughs> act like you forgot about Dre. Yes. Don't do that. Uh, Dr. Dre featuring <laughs> M in M. Um, Never heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, this is, what's the album called? 2001? Mm-hmm. This is Dr. Dre's album? Yes. It's the, not the Chronic 2000? No. No. 
Damn it. Okay. This is this song was the soundtrack to me and my friend Katie mm-hmm. going to her house after school and talking in chat rooms to strangers. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Fucking was, baiting people. It's a weird time. Go away, baby. I was very scared the entire time. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, I still yet to venture into that kind of the internet. Just can't do it. Did it once with friends. No, no. Um, wow. But so yeah, forgot about Dre. It's been twenty years since the world forgot to remember Dre, but we all do now. Um, uh, new releases also include thirteen-year-old uh, Charlotte Church's self-titled second album. I remember that one. Immobility by Raekwon. Uh, Issues by Corn. Reload by Tom Jones and not Metallica. Wait, is uh, Reload the one that has Sex Bomb on it? I d- yep. <laughs> sex Bomb, Sex Bomb. Sex Bomb. Sex Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Mm. Uh, the Streets is a Mother by Corrupt. Uh, to the Teeth by Ani DeFranco. Sweet Kisses, the debut of Jessica Simpson. And uh, Excuse Me, Willennium by Will Smith. <laughs> Willennium. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. Of course, Smooth by Rob Santana is still number one. Obviously. Uh, that's never going to go away. Good Lord. Never. Never. God damn it. I, I, I hate Willennium. What's on that yeah. one? Uh, the song he remixed with The Clash. Um, I remember. Huh? The- <laughs> mm-hmm. it was the, it's the Willennium song. Uh, but okay. it's, it's uh, Rock the yep. Caswell. He's sampling for Rock the Caswell. Uh, I don't, yes, yes, yes. I don't remember anything else about the song. Yeah. It's just that like I grew up as such a huge DJ Jesse Smith and the Will Smith and the Fresh Prince fan. <laughs> and, like, DJ Jazzy Jeff. DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. The Fresh if Prince. you want to find their albums, you need to look in the D section. They're not in the Fresh Prince section. Gotcha. They're in the DJ Jazzy Jeff section. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and where's all the happy rap? The funny... I know no. you can party. We all heard summertime, but like, tell me a story again, like fighting Mike Tyson or beating up <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Well, I... Uh. Where's the songs that start like that? Well, God. <laughs> and a uh, little more 1999 minutia for you. Uh, People Magazine has voted the second time in a row. Not in a row, ever. No. Richard Gere is the sexiest man alive. I, I, I still feel like there's an alternate reality where he's like still famous. Like I, I, I just like only Richard Gere movie I've ever seen is like Primal Fear, and I mean, that's a good one. That's it. But like, yeah, I'm told he's a movie star, and in, in a bunch allegedly, of good movies, allegedly, allegedly, he's lost. I mean, nowadays he's doing these sort of like weirder indie small films, mm-hmm. yeah, like arbitrary, where he's actually like acting in them. Mm-hmm. He's doing like NPR uh, films, yeah, sorta, yeah, good way of putting it. And uh, speaking of movies, 1999. Speaking of NPR films, actually, <laughs> we had a couple to <laughs> knock off first. Um, yeah, like uh, we have uh, one gin. Am I saying that right? No, Onyegin. <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. Onyegin. You're not going to say Evgeny Onyegin from the uh, Pushkin novel? I would edit that out, <laughs> like whatever you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as uh, Toby Stevens, Liv Tyler, uh, Ray Fiennes, directed by his sister Martha Fiennes. Yes, there are more Fiennes out there. Oh, my God, do they ever end? Mm. Making a a version of the story of Eugene Onegin, the Um, Russian story. Cool. Um, I've heard it's kind of dry. Oh, (laughs) wait a minute. A Russian story is dry? (laughs) I know. Color me shocked. And, uh, ooh, look at that. Even one with, like, dueling and fun shit in it. Yeah. Like Onegin, but no. You can file it next to the next movie into things I haven't and will never see. 
Mansfield Park. Yeah. <laughs> Mansfield Park. Mansfield Park with James Purefoy, M. Beth Davids, Johnny Lee Miller, and Francis O'Connor. I don't know what accent I'm affecting here, mm-hmm. but I don't know what Mansfield mm-hmm. Park is. But and sounds... Lord Grantham from... Lord Grantham? Downton mm-hmm. Abbey. Oh, do tither. He is in this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh you got my ass caught no. all ruffled with that information. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, man, what the fuck is Mansfield Park? This is, this is a Diana movie, I declare. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I seen it. Yeah, it's a Jane Austen story. Uh-huh. What do you want? Which means there's going to be uh, people wearing umpire gowns, yes. um, kind of being catty at each other and talking mm-hmm. about marriage and then being catty about marriage. And someone's going to, I don't know, do something, oh, a bit ever so foolish in front of in front of Lord so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to it's going to be wacky, but in like the most, I don't know, straight laced wacky way possible. I don't know. It's Jane Austen. You like Jane Austen or you don't. I like Jane Austen. As mm. do I. And I do enjoy this. Should I play a clip of it? Sure. All right. For everyone who loved Emma and Sense and Sensibility comes the story Jane Austen loved even more. Fanny Price was a poor relation sent to the estate of her wealthy cousins. I was told to drop her at the front entrance of Mansfield Park. Then drop her. We must prepare ourselves for gross ignorance (laughs) and a certain vulgarity of manner. Yes, I'm a wild beast. It's a world of great luxury where refined manners are the order of the day. That's how I feel, guy falling asleep in his soup. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I sent a sick boy in there, but I had nothing else to latch on to. I found it to be delightful. The main actress, Frances O'Connor, have we seen her in anything else? She looks familiar, but also I can't I, place her. Is she the mom in AI? Off the oh, top of my head, I think that might be her. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but it's it's cute. It's also like sort of weaves in Jane Austen's story a bit, and it does change the book somewhat i guess i uh, that's one i haven't read i can't believe don la fontaine four or five don la fontaine declares this is jane austen's very favoritist book (laughs) like if you like those other ones uh she only wrote what four or five so holy shit did they get a lot out of those books that's that's practically why pbs exists Mm -hmm. oh my goodness they've all been filmed Every Jane Austen book has, has a film. Yes. Even Northanger Abbey. Is, that one, it took the longest time to get to, but they did it. Sleepy Hollow a Jane Austen book? Ugh. I'm just kidding. Yes. It's Washington Irving. I know, I know. I Why know. not? There, are you interested? If there was more murder, look, I don't like better? this. I don't like, like this movie. You know, this Pride movie. and Prejudice and Zombies, would that make you no, happy? No, I avoided that movie like the fucking plague. And I don't like this movie either. And it's, I really want movie. to. Because yep. I have a Trash. ton of friends who like swear by it now. But what? like, really? I mean, I saw the the... the the year it came out, um, and it just it really didn't do it for me. I was literally watching yeah. this up to the moment I got in my car to come over here to record. <laughs> and let me tell you, not a fan. Yeah, yeah yet another. This is the, the the beginning of the consistent reimaginings of Tim Burton's. Yeah. Um, mm. Only two of which I've really cared for. I don't mm-hmm. hate the Dark Shadows movie. I don't either. And, and, I don't and, either. I have to say. I like say. Frank and Weenie. And uh, I like, uh, what was the other one I was just thinking of? I got confused with this one. Holy shit. Uh, I forgot it. The Barber? The Demon yes, Barber? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sweeney, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney yeah. Todd. It's not a terrible movie. It's not terrible. Yeah. Um, but uh, this this I didn't care for. And I've, I've always wanted no. to give it a second shake. Because, yeah, people I trust. Uh, we had a we had a big discussion on, on Ichabod Crane this year. Because mm-hmm. I helped program a thing around it. 
uh, at one of our local venues because I do love the Disney version. Mm-hmm. But I like Bing Crosby telling me about old Ichabod. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and movies that don't have Jeffrey Jones and Johnny Depp and other problematic Oof. folk like that. <laughs> That's and, true. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. And. <laughs> And the, the most legit, uh, like, movie Casper Van Diem has ever been in? True. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Walken uh, as well. Christina Ricci. Awesome. A huge cast. Miranda Richardson. Uh, Richard Griffiths. Christopher Lee. Michael Goff. Michael Gambon. Uh, and let's just say more. There is no horseman. There never was a horseman. There never will be a horseman. Some say it is the witch of the western woods. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? Excuse my manner. I'm not used to. Female company? Perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. If you are wise, you will leave this place. Ichabod? Sleepy Hollow, rated R. Friday. And it's rated R. Huh. I don't remember anything super R-rated about it. It's needlessly gross. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember walking into some gross shit. It's mm. just, I don't know. I mean, yes, people are getting beheaded. Mm-hmm. That's going to lean itself towards <laughs> grossness. But this what? made it, it mm. I don't know. I feel like it was a bridge too far. My legend of Sleepy Hollow only hit people that had flaming pumpkins. Yeah. And who mm. knows, Ichabod might have survived, they say. He settled down with the family and rural Oregon. That's how the story ends. And what I know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, I feel like, like I kind of. Like, I don't like this movie, and yet I do find it kind of watchable. Mm-hmm. Like, I get the vibe they're going for. They're clearly, they're going for kind of a hammer horror vibe. So, 60s British which, horror movies. Which I, I Which is I, I why, hate. like, the blood looks like red tempera paint. Really <laughs> sticks out in this, like, very grim surroundings. I didn't think I could hate anything as much as I hated watching hammer horror films. Like, uh, <laughs> it's it just... the. Oh my god! Like drab. It's some just, of them. It, it feels are like your eyes awful. are drying out. Mm-hmm. Some it, of them are really just fun. You know what? They're, they're B movies. They're pretty cheap. You know, just like a Corman movie or something. I know, but I think they like, are wacky. Sometimes. I watched them for oh a god, college course, and I feel I, I really felt it was like pulling teeth with me. And I'm I'm really okay with horror from all yeah. decades and genres. I watch a lot of silent horror for fuck's sake, but I could not could not watch Hammer horror films. That would make sense why I didn't like <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. And uh, another uh, another movie. It's, it's sort of jumbled. I mean, it is. It's mm-hmm. just it's like sometimes witchcraft is real and sometimes it isn't. Right. His mom was a witch, or maybe she's not. Or the, the story is not clear at all. And probably no. doesn't need to be two and a half hours. God no. No. But I do say, I do say, <laughs> I do say, I do say uh, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci is looking at her most luminous. Oh, real dish, baby. Yeah, a stone cold. She's very yes. beautiful in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the nicest yeah. thing I'll say about this movie. Mm. And I, I'm... yeah, I said, you're right though. Yeah, I know a lot of people. They they love this movie. Weird goths who love this movie, and yeah. it's just mm, no. Watch, never... watch Dark Shadows <laughs> instead. Yeah. It's much. It never delightful. comes together for me. Like. Yeah. Another couple drafts on the script, maybe, or something. Yeah, I, felt, I felt very, very, very bored while watching it, mm-hmm. and um, mm. and I, yeah, I wish I liked it more because it's, it's right yeah. up my alley. And I don't want, I, I desperately want to love Tim Burton more than he's made me do over the last fifteen years. You know, he just won't let mm. us love him. I, I don't know. I, I just watch Edward Scissorhands and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so I'll never stop loving that man. I just mm-hmm. want to relove that yeah. man. And Frank and yeah. we pretty dope, but it's been like ten years, and, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that movie's world was not enough for me. 
this is a bad segue, <laughs> but I also haven't seen this movie. Oh. Um, and it, because it is a movie that stars John Cleese and Judy Dench. Hagrid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Denise, Denise Richard, Richards is what was her name like? Christmas. <sighs> Christmas Jones. Christmas Jones. Jones. That's right. Begbie, Robert Carlyle. I'm hitting it with the fucking train spotting references. Sophie Marceau and Pierce Brosnan in number one at the box office. The world is yet enough. For the world's greatest secret agent. You used to use hundreds of these, right? When the stakes are high. Yeah, but they're usually standing still. Life's full of small challenges. And the danger hits too close to home. He has M. By noon tomorrow, you'll feel nothing at all. I thought it was your job to protect me. It's not just professional. Someone's tampered with the bomb. It's personal. I have to get it back or somebody's going to have my butt. First things first. But up, but up. <laughs> Woo, this movie. Speaking <laughs> of missed opportunities, I don't know if there is a Bond movie that frustrates me more huh. because huh. this is so close to being great. It starts out really strong. It's interesting. And look, I'm... Not a lot of women love James Bond movies as much as I do. Mm-hmm. It's weird to be a feminist who loves James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. And so I have to point out that this is the only James Bond movie where the main villain is a woman. Mm-hmm. That's true. And they squander it. Yeah. Is that a spoiler? I mean, yes, actually, that is a spoiler. <laughs> yes, it is a spoiler. Judy Dench. It's I a 20 year old spoiler. I knew it. I knew it. I know my Bond. I know. This, so I did not grow up in a Bond household. Me neither. So I've only ever seen the newest ones. Tomorrow Never Dies mm-hmm. is the first Bond movie I've ever seen. I'm like, why is this a big deal? Who, yeah. who likes these? And then, so I watched this for mm-hmm. in preparation. And I, let me tell you, for the first like half an hour, I was like, mm, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Not enjoying this. Should just be watching Mission Impossible. But then mm-hmm. I just was like, no, you know what? Just relax and enjoy the ride that you're on. And then I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, so if you just kind of mm-hmm. chill out and Drink just, some dumb dumb juice. Yeah, just chill <laughs> yeah. and sit back and fold some laundry. Is this the one with the Madonna song? No, this one's no. garbage, I think, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying, trying to think of the voice there. The world is not enough, but it's a perfect place to start. Oh, I've had that song stuck in my okay. head all okay. the It's yeah. a whole segment. The opening oh, is kind of dope. that song. That oh, is yeah. an underrecognized song. And the, the whole opening is pretty dope, mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, the plot is muddled. Has some, something, something Bond has to uh, protect Sophie Marceau from Robert Carlyle, who they set up as being a really cool gimmicky hench guy and then they do absolutely nothing with him they squander him he's a man who cannot feel pain yeah he can't feel pain because he got shot in the brain and the bullet's (laughs) still there but it's like destroying his his brain which is destroying they're like pretty soon it's destroying his senses one by one but it seems like the only one that he's having an issue with is the pain receptors i can't taste umami (laughs) 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll take it. oh man yeah so it's like okay fine do something with that they don't Agreed. and then like halfway through the movie they find out oh no there's this plot something something oil pipeline and so we need <laughs> nuclear specialist denise richards <laughs> 
I don't know what's to be skeptical about that. She's beautiful and she's a genius. I, I believe it. And her name is Christmas. And she's 16. She looks 16 still. <laughs> she's And a... she's terrible. And she's fresh off her Wild Things threesome. She has to be older than 16. She's a true smoke show, for sure. <sighs> Look, she's pretty, but she does not fit in here at all. Mm. And it's just a disaster after that. After that, after she shows up, it just all starts falling apart even more. And yeah, there's somewhere there's like a way that you'd recut this movie and it becomes a good movie, mm. but it'd only be like an hour long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember these bonds oh, were coming out and they were and they were each Brosnan movie is worse than the last. Right. Uh, they, like when I was growing up, they were shitting all over like the Roger Moore era bonds. They're so fucking silly. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't see these till real late. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is Pierce Brosnan yeah. dangling on a string with skis in front of a green screen. Yeah. This looks stupid as fuck. Oh, these effects are terrible. At one point in this, he drives a weird motorcycle boat that also goes on land (laughs) and then launches up onto a hot air balloon which he just dangles from for a while I'm spying (laughs) (laughs) look at me mom I'm I'm a spy (laughs) (laughs) and then let me just say this and this I don't know how I feel about this honestly but at mm. the end, after he and Denise Richards, as Christmas Jones, have mm. sex, he says, and I quote, I thought yep. Christmas only came once a year, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me want to die, yes. honestly. It's part of a problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, such an upsetting line. Like, I feel like that was put in as like a joke line. They're like, we'll figure out something more yeah, clever. Yeah, we haven't upset as many people as the Connery movies do. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, do we want to go rapey or just creepy? Like, uh, let's try creepy. Uh, <laughs> it's so, so wrong. Everything. It's not good. This movie sucks. This is not good. I guess, oh, let me say one nice thing about it. There's a point where uh, M. Judy Dench gets kidnapped, and instead of just sitting around fretting, she, like, starts doing active shit. She, like, actually tries to rescue herself. It's like, okay. And I'm pretty sure they were bugging my phone calls because I said that once Q, uh, Desmond Llewellyn died because he was really fucking old that they should bring in John Cleese, and then they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they screwed that up, too! Did they? Because, I, I mean, I only know that, like, Judy Dench is the only holdover that's still in the Bond movies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And... Yeah, well, it's when we get to the, the next one... Um... John Cleese gets to introduce an invisible car and yeah. <laughs> like all, all of my soul dies oh, and I am so sad. Uh, give me I'm Roger Moore so, running across so alligator sad. heads any day. Look, I don't hate this movie at all, but it is not good. Let's just put it. Oh, it's no, okay. I, I think even Bond fans can kind of attest to like, this is a really weak period, but it sort of reintroduced my generation to yeah. Bond. Yeah. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. it was, he kind of, kind of missed the eighties a little bit. And uh, yeah, yeah. As as I can well, I mean, we got the old Roger Moore, and then Dalton. finishing up with like License to Kill. So mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton of Beautician and the Beast. She's doing it again. <laughs> she's doing it again. She's doing it again. Mr. Prickle Pants. Yeah. It's like all he's ever done to her. <laughs> it is. Yes, the, I love Mr. Prickle Pants. Mr. Prickle Pants, the greater good. Um, he's a hero. Night. So yeah, uh, skip this one. <laughs> the first two, the first two Bronson movies. I think Tomorrow Never Dies is okay and goldeneye is one of my favorites mm. and to world is not enough and then die another day i think are so bad yeah, and i want there to be more female villains tomorrow never dies has got the best reviews i think when i checked oh. it out um 
Is that the one with Halle Berry? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think. No. No? No. That's the one with Michelle Yeoh. Ah. Which one is Halle no. Berry? Die Another Day is Halle okay. Berry. Okay. Well, I, I saw it in college. Song. It's been a while. Oh, God. It's been a while. I hate it so much. I'd rather watch one of the old ones than even mm-hmm. Spectre any day of the week. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm at. Skyfall is like, oh, this is a great series. The rest of, everything surrounding it, not so much. I like oh, Skyfall. Man. I feel like Skyfall was so silly. I love silly. Skyfall. But it's like... It's, oh, I love Skyfall. Skyfall oh. and, uh, and Casino Royale are two of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Out of all of them. You can trust me. I'm an authority. I do trust you. <laughs> well, then you can tell us how famous uh, Halloween director John Carpenter <laughs> you know, and television... Uh, what? Doesn't he have enough? Yeah, exactly. Don't you have enough? <laughs> Don't you have enough going on, John Carpenter, that you have to be the first player to win a million dollars and who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. No. Different John Carpenter. Different. Oh, it is? LOL. Not the one who lives in our town. We have a mutual friend named John Carpenter who's also a director. I'm like, dude, why? Like, it's going to be so hard for you. You're never getting in the guild. Yeah. Um, No, this one, I pulled the moment when it happens because. Vital answer? He calls like a. He's got the. The Life final line? question, which, by the way, is super easy. Right. I'm shocked wow. by how easy it is. But he he calls a lifeline, and then in true uh, trivia guy fashion, is kind of a smug dick about it. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. go ahead okay. and they've got the um, lifeline on the phone, and Regis is explaining what's happening. Okay. Okay. And uh, the next voice you hear will be John's. John, you've got 30 seconds. Starts right now. Uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Uh, I don't really need your help, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars. <laughs> Which of these U.S. presidents appeared on the television series Laughing? Everyone should know this. Sock it to me? Sock it to me? Because the U.S. president appeared on Laughing is Richard Nixon. That's my final answer. Well, my gosh. How do we draw this out for another commercial Debbie, you're going to Paris, so this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars. Yeah! How was that the last question? They usually How? get harder. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, it's like, what? Okay, what year was laughing? It's Nixon, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rutherford, Rutherford B. B. Hayes. Damn it, I was going for the same joke, the same president. Because <laughs> oh. he's got the funniest name. He really does, other than Taft. Uh, yeah, Taft's a great Taft's name for a fat guy. Because um, he loves Taffy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were discussing, poten- as, maybe as a potential laser time topic, I don't like biopics. But mm-hmm. what I really, really like, and I will not stop plugging Dolomite is my name because mm-hmm. uh, it's made by the Ed Wood guys which is also one of my favorite movies I love movies about making a specific movie and there is no mm. better bigger movie to do that about than Citizen Kane and HBO did just that this year in a movie I love and is terribly hard to find RKO 281 starring me Liev Shriver which people used to say I look like <laughs> until I got fatter than him <laughs> <laughs> you still uh, look like him. No, no, he looks way better than me now. He fucking lapped me. Uh, well, he's got all that Ray <laughs> Donovan <it's> true. <laughs> stuff it's going true. on. Got Naomi Watts making sure he eats right. It's true. Uh, Wait, are they still together? I don't think so. Uh, oh, oh, no. no. Oh, she's, she's available? All right. I look, sort of, I look like a worse version of your old husband. Uh, but Leah Shriver as Orson Welles. Uh, James Cromwell as William Randolph Hearst. And Melanie Griffith, I forget. Uh, who, who did she play? 
Second uh, wife or Rosebud? Well, Rosebud. The <laughs> well, the the lady with the uh, the clitoris that Rosebud is, takes its name from. Uh, yeah. That's why. Yeah. But this movie is fantastic. It's about the making of Citizen Kane. Not just the making of the film, but like the, uh, what would you call it, Diana? The suppressing of Citizen Kane. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I hate movies that try and encapsulate the entire life and history of an artist, but like a specific movie and moment, this rules. And uh, let's hear a little bit of that. Who are you, sir? Orson Welles, sir. And you are in California for what reason? To make pictures, I hope. I wish you luck. It's a treacherous business. Orson Welles used all his genius to create Citizen Kane. The story's about a publisher, right? You're not doing Hearst, are you? I'm not doing Hearst. Print. I saw this Orson Welles picture. It's all about you. So our life is the subject for mockery. William Randolph Hearst used his entire empire to try and destroy it. Has he no idea of the power that controls him? He got it, didn't he, Bob? I mean, they nailed it. That film will never come out. Hearst will not allow we it. We have to talk about this. If we get the press on our side, the is the press. This press. <laughs> this, it's exactly what you think it is, but if, if, yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. Most people have heard this story before, but it's it's dramatized fairly interestingly. I more like the filming of Citizen Kane stuff. Like that shit is great. Um, yeah, dig in the hole. Honestly, I think hmm. the casting. Yeah, Melanie Griffith cast as Marion Davies mm-hmm. is really pretty good casting. As someone who's like, she's uh, you know a little bit past her prime, and she was known for lighter, funnier stuff. But for some reason, she did lots of serious stuff, and she was always terrible in it. Like, that's Marion Davies to a T. Well, I I can only confirm, because I I bought the very specialist edition of Citizen Kane on Blu-ray, and that is the only way you can purchase RKO 281, to my knowledge. Like, maybe it got dumped onto Amazon Prime, and maybe it's all on YouTube. Isn't it an HBO film? It is. Uh, It's not on HBO Go now? I've not seen it, no. Hmm. Like, it's just, I mean, like, HBO made a ton of... Films like it's this true. that I just don't ever see anymore. And I had HBO now until about the end of Game of Thrones, and I yeah. won't ever have it again. Yeah. And <laughs> I just keep watching and the band played on over and over again. So. <laughs> that one they'll, <laughs> never, they'll, never, they'll never leave. But this, I, I think this is a great, great TV film. I, I really like it a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I, they did a really good job with it. Um, yeah. Covering, covering the basics, but mm-hmm. in a fun way, mm-hmm. an entertaining way. And yeah, it is kind of neat to watch them like recreate scenes and stuff. As a big nerd... I wish it had a more memorable title. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, uh, it's the code of the studio's code of the, what film it was. RKO 281. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's really hard to remember, though. And I, I liked it. I've seen it, I think, twice. And I was like, it's that one about the making of Citizen Kane. Yeah. It's not the battle for Citizen Kane. That's a documentary. It's the one with the guy. Uh, crap. It's, yeah. yeah. If you had RKO 281. Name the Family Guy Star Wars special. It's called like Blue Harvest. Like the. Mm-hmm. The code for the picture behind the scenes. Hmm. Like, that's what it means, but no one can ever remember what to call it. Uh, yep. Call your shit that. On all SNL, Jennifer Aniston hosts with musical guest Stang. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went back. There weren't any really notable. Um... I bet he sang Fields of Gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also. Oh, Desert Rose. Desert that's Rose. What he's yeah, yeah, yeah. There weren't any really notable sketches that I saw, except for there was one with Jennifer Aniston playing uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex of the City, and the guy that she's dating is Mr. Peepers. 
<laughs> but it couldn't really get like a really good like <laughs> you know clip from that but i do remember that when it aired but it was also like kind of notable for jennifer aniston is a funny person and has she turned comedic down, uh, chops she turned down snl yeah she was friends was, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so when she's on it's usually a pretty good time mm-hmm. she definitely I mean, has it, in this day and age instincts. they would have done kind of a frenzy reunion and it just seems weird that like there's almost no crossover with uh, the friends mm-hmm. doing stuff like that because mm-hmm. they all hosted individually at some point, um, except for what's his name? Who is in Ed? Joey. Joey. Yes. I don't think he hosted. What's his name. Uh, I lost it. Matthew. Matt. Matt. Nope. Not Matt Le- Perry. Le- LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. Did I get it? Yes. <laughs> okay. He was in episodes though, which is a very funny show. I'm confused by that title. I know. Um, and on the CBS Sunday movie that week, Sarah Plain and Tall, um, Winter's End. Winter's End. Oh, my goodness. Is this yeah. a, a, a straight-to-TV sequel? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it was a series. It was kind of like a mini-series for a while. You know, there's the book, mm-hmm. Sarah Plain and Tall, and then they did three uh, television movies, after, you know, based on the, the characters. Does that make you bizarro, Sarah? Maybe. <laughs> I'm definitely not tall. Let's just put it that way. Um, Sarah, and... hot and short. <laughs> <laughs> well, then De- Jen, the, and then Glenn Close definitely can't play me. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But Maybe. it is starring Glenn Close and Christopher Walken, which I always thought was an sh- odd choice, but a good one. Oh, no. He's going to cut her head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Jack, Jack Palance. Yeah. Uh, in the CBS Sunday movie, I love these promos. Sarah, plain and tall, was the most watched TV movie of the decade. Now, Hallmark Hall of Fame presents the final chapter in this great American epic. Anything can happen in the blink of an eye. Glenn Close. I love you, Jacob. Christopher Walken. When is the right time to tell this man what I think of what he did? Jack Palance. I never found another place to call home in a television event hallmark hall of fame's sarah plain and tall winter's end cbs tonight (laughs) apparently Uh, jack palance plays christopher walken's father who abandoned him as a child and then comes back yes it gave me sort of goosebumps in the, the the promo just the idea of like um you ever see like oh shit that looks so cool it's on tonight I just haven't mm-hmm. watched normal television in so fucking long that I could be surprised <laughs> by something coming on. You know, the, the equivalent for that for me now is when I'm like, you know what? I've been meaning to check out this show or I've been waiting to see this show for a while. And then I go to my streaming service and I'm like, mm. they have the whole season? It's, 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 <laughs> I have the whole season ahead of me? It's like that or, or whatever Joe Bob Briggs announces he's showing that night. I'm like, mm. oh, shit. I wanted to see uh. Q the Winged Serpent. Great. <laughs> Good for me. Uh, but that is out. Video games of, uh, what is it, 1999. Here's where it gets confusing. Um, mm. Remember, we, we probably talked on this show and... Maybe Sarah was here. Diana was definitely here. About the legacy of N64's GoldenEye, one of the most Heck popular yeah. games uh, of all time. It made the James Bond series a AAA series, and we learned that wasn't the case over, t- over the course of time. But it, it would, the license would end up being bought up by big companies because of how well GoldenEye saturated. Everyone had played it. It was a household name. It was synonymous with console shooters uh, for, the, for yeah. the most part. So Tomorrow Never Dies comes out this week from EA who would, I think, even go as far as to, like, making a From Russia to, with Love game. Like, mm-hmm. they, James Bond mm-hmm. games were that in, supposedly in demand. They went over to Activision. Now nobody makes them anymore. <laughs> but uh, that mm-hmm. was the case back in the day. Chrono Cross is out in Japan. 
Shout out to my buddy Charlie. Gabriel Knight 3, that is out. Uh, we used to make fun of him <laughs> quite a bit for that. And uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver in Japan as well. And uh, that is about it for this week for video games. But again, patreon.com slash laser time. You want to hear us go more in depth on the video games with our buddies uh, from Vigigame Apocalypse, the Friday video game show on the Laser Time Network. Boom, you got it. And the October one is just hilarious. Lots of fun anecdotes from that. We will close out the 1999 segment with The World is Not Enough by Garbage. <laughs> that's still weird. It's garbage. It's still weird to me that Garbage did this theme. That is, mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Uh, but it's a good yeah, one. It's, it's a, a good one. It's, it's good immediately one. recognizable, too. It's like, oh, that's definitely Garbage. And it's a very 99 feeling song mm-hmm. and then the opening to the movie you know where there's like mm-hmm. women dancing and blah, it looks very blah. 99 <laughs> <laughs> well, let's close out with some garbage and we'll see you once again in 2009 stay right there the world is internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of november 15th through the 21st uh yeah actually we got weirdly topical stuff to talk about um continuing with 1969 being the most interesting year ever 50 years ago this week the first arpa link was made so the very very beginning of networking computers and creating the internet that you're using right now to listen to the sound of my voice. But for actual recommendations, I think this week I will go further back to 1944, November 22nd, so 75 years ago this week, for Laurence Olivier's version of Henry V. And I'm doing this because this kind of topical of like a month or two ago, we talked about Kenneth Branagh's Henry V, which is totally like the introduction of the world to Kenneth Branagh who's made a ton of Shakespeare films now and a bunch of other stuff and like Thor. And then also right now on Netflix is The King with Timothy Chalamet, which is another version of Henry V. But I I watched it because I'm a completist that way. And, you know, it's fine. But I don't know how I feel about John Falstaff being like a grizzled veteran with really like clever military planning ability instead of being, um, you know, a drunken coward and fantasist as he usually is uh, shown. But anyway, uh, Henry V, Laurence Olivier one from 1944 is uh, co-funded by the British government because they thought, we need a good morale booster. And what's a bigger booster than the St. Crispin's Day speech? Damn it. So uh, this Henry V, it's kind of in the Globe Theater. Like it's done like you are there in 1600. And then when the battle scenes start, all of a sudden, you know, we're transported to Agincourt and we're out in the fields and stuff. And yeah, it's it's pretty good. I can't. I don't know which one I like better, honestly, out of those three Henry the V's, but uh, totally worth a watch. I guess if you if you thought the king was a bit, I don't know, too modern, something like that. You want you want your Shakespeare real traditional. So that's it uh, for this week. Stay classic. Say what up the 
still sipping my tide. Sitting courtside, nicks and nets give me high five. I'll be spiked out, I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. Oh, coming in with uh, Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys and his number one. Yes. And you may recognize New this York. song as uh, Bacon Pancakes. New Maybe. York. <laughs> Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Uh-huh. A sentence that definitely makes sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that makes me insane. Sentences don't have to make sense in songs. Okay. Did, like uh, like the, the, de- the desert where there ain't no one for to give you no pain. <laughs> 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 Right, that song, that sentence always bugged yeah. me too. Look, all I know is that the song that <laughs> I do like made up words and songs mm-hmm. like "hateration" in this dancery. <laughs> Ooh, I like Elton John getting two syllables at a crocodile. Okay, yeah. Once we dig in, nothing makes How'd sense. How'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, but this—I well, mean, this—what it's like in this ever-changing world in which we live in. <laughs> Bringing it back to James Bond. And that one's such an easy fix. (laughs) He could have said, in which we are living. Then it makes sense. Damn you, McCartney. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Welcome to 2009, November 15th through the 21st. We're giving you a little musical grammar lesson. (laughs) Um, uh, That's obviously Empire State of Mind, uh, which I just hear like constantly like if you're watching a sporting event that's in new york or playing a new york team you just hear that song like in like in the rap yep oh. and it's gonna be number one for pretty much the rest of the year yeah. let me say as a as a full circle the uh little mermaid le poissant was my first ballet recital dance mm-hmm. the alicia keys only version of empire state of mine mm-hmm. was my last ballet recital dance wow. last two years ago two, two years, years ago? ago yeah sorry i couldn't make it yeah, I'm still. I was running like a bad yeah, dad to the recital that. through traffic. <laughs> Bouquets of flowers yes. flying. <laughs> Keep it! <laughs> I've got to watch Sarah dance. <laughs> Empire State of Mind. Um, there's also new releases uh, from, hey, them crooked girl vultures, which uh, Diana has said is a super group. I'm going to take her word for it. Who's in them crooked vultures? Well, they're vultures. Oh, and it. there's crooked ones. Okay, wait, this is clearly what, what being looked up right now. now. All right, the seventh seal yeah. by Rakeem. No, <laughs> so. I just I, I need a reminder. Uh, let's see, John Paul Jones, the Led Zeppelin, and Dave Grohl. I remember those two. Okay. Uh, Josh Hom from Eagles of Death Metal and Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, some other guys. <laughs> Sounds super. That's all I need to know. Okay, yes. look. A member of Zeppelin is involved. It's a super group now, bitches. Pretty crazy. Uh, Waking Up is also out by One Republic. The Fall by Nora Jones. Echo by Leona Lewis. A self-titled debut of American Idol winner Chris Allen. Who could forget? I've never heard of Chris Allen. Uh, Ultraviolet by Kid Sister. Justin Bieber's debut EP, My World. Oh, our long national nightmare begins. Uh, I, I thought it feels like a lot longer than 10 years. It does. Uh, God bat- damn it, Canada. Battle Studies by John Mayer. And the Fame Monster by Lady Gaga. Um, Black Eyed Peas is probably number No, no, that's Empire State of Mind. She rockets right to number one. Thank also, God. Also this week, for the second time ever, People Magazine. Is it, are they still doing this? I yeah. don't know. Sexiest mm-hmm. Man Alive goes to Johnny Deep. Mm. Johnny Deep. 
10, ten years fresh off of Sleepy Hollow. Um, mm. And very available. Mm. Hope you like the smell of cigarettes and wine-stained teeth because he is the sexiest man. Alive. It is my favorite thing about him is wine forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I like about Johnny Depp at this point. Mm. That and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot to mention the uh, the Me Too connection to Harlem Nights. By the way, the oh goodness, uh, Jasmine guy was brought in to replace Michael Michelle, who sued Eddie Murphy, saying she was being sexually harassed, and they settled. Oh my. Yeah. All right. Just saying. That's good to note. I, yeah, I guess I'm depressed. Jesus, John Cleese is everywhere this episode. He 2009 is. movies, uh, November 15th through the, the, the 21st. I really did want to see this because it looked terrible. Oh, but yeah. uh, it's, it, mm. at this point, there was I, was I could still sort of see every animated film. I had that capacity still. Mm-hmm. And this one looked like a cheapo one, but it did have The Rock in it, as well as Jessica Biel, Justin Long, Sean William Scott, Gary Oldman, John Cleese, and James Corden. Planet 51, which was just, I don't know. I think I was working at a website, and it was advertised all over our website at the time. Mm. Mom's dead! There's a spaceship in the... Mm-hmm. On November 20th... I found the alien. I'm not the alien. You are. What? Hello? Hello? dangerous mission. You want me to take you to your flying saucer? Is it true you're hiding the alien? Yes. Alien? Impossible odds. This is obviously alien writing. It says surrender or die. It's it's it just it I think it's supposed to be ET in reverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh just what if uh we landed on a planet and a little kid hid someone my size mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and hooray oh but this this is oh my god this movie my uh, word! I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll back away from the microphone slowly. No, now. no, no! Because I've watched. This, I do not I, want to think about this movie. I've watched this more than once with you. I believe. No, I don't. Um, guys. I don't even want to talk about it again. John Travolta, Robin Williams, Kelly Preston, and Seth Green, and let's not forget the final role of Bernie Mac, who's in the movie for <gasps> no reason, oh. <laughs> to puppet Robin Williams around hmm. old dogs. I'm going to be an old dad. You're going to be Uncle Charlie. <laughs> we can do this. We? You guys better pack. What do we have to pack for? Camping. Yeah! Hey! You remind me of that old dude who stole my girlfriend. What are you saying? My beef is not with you, old woman. Thank you. You ladies ready to play a little ultimate frisbee? I think so, Mr. Testosterone. <laughs> How'd that feel, Gilmore girl? Oh. This movie is fucking psychotic. It is. They actually start this trailer with from the guys that made Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. Like, that's supposed to do something to me. That makes me go, oh, good. I want to give you money. I thought all I... ladies love Wild Hogs can't be broken. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like that does mean something for the type of person that would go see this movie. Mm. Oh. It's a movie for no one, for sure. And, and the, my favorite rumor surrounding it mm. is it's... is that it was made as a rated R comedy and then edited into a family-friendly Disney like mm. film mm. with uh, with a lot more slapstick and CG. Mm-hmm. It is it is inarguably one of the worst things I've ever seen, but it's less like a movie. <laughs> it's more like a season and a half of a television show edited together very, very fast. That's the the trailer focused on Robin Williams and John Travolta going to a camp. That happens for like 50 seconds. Mm. Uh, just so we can get in <laughs> What is it? Does someone turn into a dog at some point? No, never. Okay, that's why I got confused with Tim Allen, because at some point he turns into a dog. A dog dies, which, by the way, when you're watching it, you have to drink every time a dog reacts, because that will happen several times. But it's it's insipid. It is is clearly like 
tested to shit where there's something like bombastic has to happen every four seconds and like the music has to crank up. It's mm-hmm. very mean. It does mean things to all of its characters. Uh, it's technically like the, the most violent you can get for like a PG movie. Uh, I don't know what Diana help me out here. Like, like, do you not, do you not <sighs> love, you don't, you don't sing the praises of old dogs and how fun it is to watch. No. Cause it does feel like a movie that was just sort of put in a blender. Like I feel like I, I'm constantly thinking, did I miss something? Did I, did I miss something? Did I go to the bathroom and I don't remember? Yeah, it, because... it doesn't make any sense. Like, this is Robin Williams, I think, finds out he has children mm-hmm. and yes. he's old, but he's also trying to start a sports marketing event. So he takes mm-hmm. his children to camp and then they play Ultimate Frisbee. Mm-hmm. While the kids just sit on the bench, the adults play Ultimate Frisbee and like, well, this is poorly written. Yeah. Like, why did the... Nobody wants this. Yes. Why did the kids come to watch adults play... Oh, so oh, Robin Williams going to get clothesline. That's why. That's the only reason this scene exists. And it's in there for like five seconds, just as long as a cameo. And it does that like 17 times. And like you forget, like, what is this movie about? Didn't he inherit children? Uh, Robin Williams doesn't know how to uh, talk to women now. And so Bernie Mac, the human puppeteer, is going to outfit him in robotic clothing and puppeteer him around this woman. This oh, is a five-minute scene. God. And then they just move the fuck on like nothing ever happened. It's oh, it's God. it's so yeah. crazy. This is one of the craziest bad movies I have ever seen in my life, and I love the idea that it may have began life as an R-rated film. Mm-hmm. That, that, and I never heard any confirmation of that because this is one of those movies I don't think anybody involved cares to talk about. But it is no. terrible. Why, why would they? It, and just I mean, like the basic idea of you think Robin Williams is going to be the wacky one, so he's the straight man, and John Travolta is the wacky one. Mm-hmm. That never works. They try that. Over and over. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Uh, do Just you... doesn't work. I'm looking at you, neighbors, starring Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Right. I, I know that. I know that very well. But then, like, but Look like, at you, face off. Think about all the scenes in this yeah. movie. They go play golf and get hit in the, the balls with golf balls. They go to a zoo, ride a jetpack. They all take the wrong medication and get Joker smiles. What? Uh, t- Tom Hanks' yeah. wife gets her hand slammed in her car trunk, and they just crank up Big Girls Don't Cry. Is she like, oh! It's one of the silly... It's it, like something weird happens every five minutes in this movie. And it just... it's It seems like the most focus-tested thing you will ever see in your whole life. It is like it. such a great lesson in bad. But like, I don't know. I have, I have friends. I've watched this with four or five times. It's it's yeah. fucking but insane. Was it, if it was focus-tested, it was focus-tested for eight-year-olds mm-hmm. who don't understand things like character or story yes that the, it was just like i like when they scream yeah the movie needs okay. to be about something and it's like he just inherited children now they're just not in the scene mm-hmm. like the whole last scene was about what do i do with these kids while we're starting our sports marketing then they're just gone they're just gone <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's it doesn't make any sense it is so wild it is so all over the place uh and yeah it became a personal favorite with a group of friends of mine so there but uh we also have old dogs based on novel push by sapphire <laughs> No, wait, is this, this is actual Precious? It yes. is. Yeah, Precious colon based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the 30 Rock joke. No. Um, oh, I, the 30 Rock joke. Well, there's a couple. There's what, Stone Cold Bummer <laughs> based. There was, it was just, it was the porn parody on, on their cable town oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Like based, well, there's a couple. There's based the porn on the novel parody. Tush by Ashfire. Ash by Ashfire. <laughs> and then there's, it was like Stone Cold Bummer based on. The book I forget by manipulate. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but precious, a movie I have not seen. Um, oh boy! How do you say the, oh the, the star? I saw her in that, uh, that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movie. 
Gabore Sidibe. Gabore Sidibe. Mm, that's fun to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Monique is also kind of fun to say. Paula Patton, also kind of fun to say. Mariah Carey, he's fun to say, but only only up in its Gabore Sidibe. Gabore. Gabore Sidibe. Precious. My name is Clarice Precious Jones. I'm a breakthrough, but somebody's gonna break through to me. There you go dreaming again. Precious, do you hear me talking to you? Get down to the welfare! You're 16, and you're pregnant with your second child. I am so glad to present Precious. This movie is so powerful. But this is you. Is that Tyler Perry telling us this is the Precious trailer? Yes. Uh, Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry present Precious. This got Monique an Oscar, didn't it? It did. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and she deserves it. Yeah. She's great as well like the worst human being of all time. Mm-hmm. This is a hard fucking watch. It's and rough. I am kind of of two minds about it. On the one hand, I think it's important to show the stories of sort of people that are just sort of invisible and, and their terrible lives. And on the other hand, I also feel like it's just every fucking terrible thing that could be <laughs> happening to a person is happening to her. And it feels mm-hmm. so overwhelming that it's almost like ghetto tourism of <laughs> the terribleness. Yeah. It's kind of like misery porn. Mm. Yes. And, and, and I don't want I hate saying that because this is someone's real life, but mm-hmm. I agree with you that I am also of two minds about it. And I do think it is an important story and that, you know, people deserve to have their stories be told, but on one hand, but on the other hand, what are we consuming here? Exactly, you know, right. like, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just went and the perfect example of how I, you know, I'm conflicted about it is the fact that 30 Rock did parodies of this really <laughs> horrible, terrible story and made jokes about it. And I'm not it's faulting... only about the name. Well, yes, but and I'm not faulting 30 Rock for mm. that, but I, I am saying that when we make something to be consumed like this, this is there's a person's tragic story. But it is a real person? Feels... No. It's a novel, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but mm. I believe it's based on a true story. No? Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know if it's a specific one person or mm. just a series of incidents that have been added to a novel to be an overall story. Mm. I mean, each individual thing that happens to her definitely happens to people every fucking day, and it's mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's abused by her mom. She's sexually abused by her dad. Uh, well, I mean, she's sexually abused by her mom, too, which is, I think, that's mm-hmm. the point in the movie. There is just a very brief scene of, like, okay, could you... Could we not? I mean, the best thing that happens to her is when she steals a bucket of fried chicken and she's so happy about it. But not really. God, she's I'm not starving. even happy about that. <sighs> yeah. Um, All the performances are very good. Yeah. Especially Mariah Carey. Especially Mariah Carey. What? Biggest Love surprise her. of my life. Yeah. She's great. Who does she she's play? Great. She plays she's... the social worker. I somehow knew it. Mm-hmm. I somehow knew Yeah. It. She shows up as a social worker at the end and... She's like not really wearing makeup. She just yeah. looks like a very beaten down public servant. Yes. She looks and real. It, yeah. She looks like a real person. And it's all craziness. of Mariah Carey's public facing stuff, it is just shocking that you she would pick this role mm. and yeah. go for it and be good at it. It's like, it's wait pole. a minute. Wait a minute. Is Mariah Carey just doing performance art? All the rest of the time, <laughs> because this is shocking, and I love it. Somebody hand me my mask and my fake voice. It's time to go yeah, out in 
she's something else. But yeah, this is a very hard watch for sure. So, I mean, I yes. saw it in the theater when it came out. And <laughs> all these yeah, movies this week was... are hard watches for different reasons. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes, that mm-hmm. is correct. It's a bad week for, but they're all notable. Yes, also correct. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth talking about. And yeah, it's well, well, it's well acted. I don't like the direction. Mm. That's just me. Um, but like, it's one of those things that's like, yeah, these are, it's one of those things I think about sometimes whenever I think like, I start feeling like, oh, poor me. Like, uh, there's so many people that they have it so much easier than me and they don't even appreciate it. And just think like, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And you just see people every day and it's like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes with them. It could be fucking horrifying, mm-hmm. but well, you got to keep going. And that's why Monique is such, her character was so horrific. And that's why her acting was so amazing is because that scene where she's talking to Mariah Carey about how hard things are for her and about the way she was raised up, it mm. it, it makes her almost a sympathetic character when you know she's truly a monster to her daughter but you see this like cycle that she's in that she cannot get out of that nobody can get out of in that position and it's just Mm -hmm. it's important that Mm. people know that that exists but it's also very difficult yeah yeah not not a not a fun watch Mm -hmm. not not family time during the holidays maybe don't Mm -mm. Well, maybe maybe do and discuss. I I don't know. I say but... do it. Do it. Bring the kids in and don't watch The Blind Side, the other Ooh. movie that came out this week. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting that we have two movies right next to each other where it's like they're both sort of about the suffering of large black kids. Mm-hmm. And how is that treated on film? Wow. And two I la- don't both... know how to talk about this. Two ladies get like, Oscars again, from it. I am of two minds. Yeah. I almost don't even want to talk about the blind side. I don't. I don't want to talk about it at all. Uh, let's let the trailer it's, speak for it. Yeah. Do you know that kid? He goes to high school here, Big Mike. Based on a true story. You have any place to stay tonight? Come on. They opened their home. Never had one before. What a room to yourself. I bet. On November twentieth. You have no idea what this boy's been through. He'll open their eyes. He introduces Michael as his big brother. We want to know if you would like to be part of this family. Thought I already was. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, The Blind Side, starts November 20th. Sandy oh. would get an Oscar for this, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, we, got, we got two lady winning Oscars right here. First of all, so let me this say... Is based, <laughs> oh, this is ahead. based on a true story. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And the little kid actor in this, the little, little kid, the little brother, mm-hmm. is one of my least favorite child actors. <laughs> Of all time. Ooh, let's get cruel. When he shows up in things, I do not enjoy. It's been ten years, people. I'm sure he's prepared to I'm hear sure this criticism. I'm sure he's fine now, and I I hate criticizing a child, but he is so over the top. It is too much. It's ang- it's angering to me. <laughs> but anyways, go on. That's not the point of this. I don't think anybody wants to talk about the Blind Side. Um, no, I would I mean, watch it. You could- it's tough because, like, yeah, they just explained what it was. This, this kid is homeless and, you know, his family takes him in and help tutor him and help get him to college and becomes a, a pro football player. Mm. It's based on a true story. That's mm-hmm. fucking rad. Um, but then people bring it up as a white savior narrative of, like, oh, aren't they so good to reach out? And, you know, black, black people can be improved by being around white people. Mm-hmm. That idea 
which is just, you know, the, the paternalism of it all. Well, they got Stephen Miller's letter. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like on the other hand where it's like, well, does, is race really the issue? If you were a poor white kid and they took him in too, they're just like, they're doing a good thing. Why, why, why gotta be black? You know, it's enjoyable to watch. I, I like, I like their use of the blind side as the metaphor. I think that's actually a lot of fun about, understand. uh, about uh yeah how you have to block theisman or else theisman's leg falls off and it ruins his career forever oh. so that that's a football thing for all y'all i cannot believe that old dogs might emerge as the must watch of this the, the only watch of this segment <laughs> no. out of the 2009 I, yeah. I think so because the old the number one movie the box office is the twilight saga hard colon big colon new moon yeah big moon uh, yeah, with the, the blind side at least is enjoyable to watch, depending on like how you feel politically or whatever. Mm-hmm. Twilight Saga: Colon New Moon. Mm-hmm. Fuck this movie! Oh yeah, that's right. We're gonna get to talk about this four more times, aren't we? Three yes. more, two more times. Is the second one? Yep. This is the this second, is second one. one. Brit- no, we'll be able to talk about it three more times because didn't they break up the last one? Breaking into two Dawn movies? Part One. Yeah. Wait, are there? Th- and this is the second movie. Yeah. And this brings yeah. in the the. With the Latino werewolf, I have not seen this. Um, <laughs> he was there in the first. Okay, one. my bad. He's yes. just in the... and he's uh, Native American. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, go ahead. They're almost the same. Um... Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a human Indigenous. who knows entirely too much about vampires. Some will seek to destroy her. The girl comes with us. This may hurt just a little. No, please. Some will rise to defend her. I got a vampire to kill. Jake, run! <laughs> But only one. It's my job to protect you. Will risk everything for her. The Twilight Saga: New Moon, rated PG-13, in theaters November twentieth. Mm. <laughs> that CG looks fucking awful. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Also, why? I just don't understand the mm. choice to make the vampires who are supposed to be these like phenomenally attractive people mm-hmm. look so ill. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they look like they're dying of consumption. Like it's well, not they, a good. They can, they can go out in the sun, but like. But they're sparkly. They sparkle. Okay. Ugh. Right, <laughs> and that's like a plot point. Yeah. In this one, at a point where Robert Pattinson, they pulled the shitty Romeo and Juliet thing, so that Robert Pattinson's character thinks that Kristen Stewart's character is dead, so he's going to go commit suicide by wandering around with his shirt off, so that people kill him because they notice he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, that's you... literally what the the end of this movie is, and then she like rushes to save him because I guess phones stopped existing, but. And then we do get to meet uh, Michael Sheen as uh, Goofy Cackling King of the Vampires. So I guess there's one one nice thing I can say about this. (laughs) That wig is so bad. Michael Sheen. Oh man! Here's here's the The wig work in this is not good. uh, My my weird observation is that like I haven't seen these, and I I, like even at the time like I really hated the internet's vitriol for this this movies they didn't like. Like so what? Mm -hmm. I don't like a lot of movies, especially ones I don't see. Like what the fuck? Why are we so angry at the Twilight Saga? Um, Yeah. Oh, because I can tell you why. Why? Because girls like it. Yeah, that was probably yes. That's why. Yes. It's probably like a, it, in, in that, that version of the world that was the least cool thing a guy could be into. Uh, the Twilight yeah. Saga. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, and, and where we sit now, if Robert Pattinson's in a movie, mm-hmm. that's the closest thing to like 
Well, this is probably worth seeing. He makes very good choices. Uh, Kristen Stewart's making interesting choices, if not always great. Yeah. I'm just the last couple of Robert Pattinson movies I've seen. I have not seen The Lighthouse yet, but it's like on my oh immediate my God, next list. We talk oh, about yeah. it basically every and day. And like everything he's in, I this is great. What a weird, what a weird choice. Both, both him he's, and he's in the. Honestly, he's in the King as the French Dauphin, oh, and whoops. he is hilarious. Mm. Oh, he is so over the top. It's such a bright spot in that. Mm. <laughs> Just like, no, no, let us speak in English because it is how you say ugly. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm watching you, Harpats. You're cool. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching you, Batman. Mm. And the internet was so upset yeah. when he became Batman. Yeah, who, who gives a good shit? Choice. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a good choice. Yeah, I uh, I find Kristen Stewart to be more and more likable too as Me time too. goes on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's really embraced herself and you know come she's out. Hosted SNL a remarkable number of times, and she's good. She's the okay. last the last one we just watched the one that mm-hmm. she just did a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, and I loved it. I thought she was wonderful. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I will be going to see Charlie's Angels. Yeah, hell yeah. She looks really cute in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> really want that. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, fucking new moon. New all right, moon. first of all, why why you got to call it the Twilight Saga? Why can't it just be Twilight colon New Moon? That's right. stupid. Right, we didn't need that at uh, all. Yeah. Second of all, the whole plot of this movie is Robert Pattinson's character is a vampire, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm in love with you, Kristen Stewart, but I have to get away from you because you're a human, and I might hurt you." Because of how much I love you, which is totally not a metaphor for losing your virginity. He might fuck her to death. He could fuck her to death. That's what he is afraid of. Yeah. So is that really a thing? He leaves, mm-hmm. and then she starts wow. doing more and more dangerous shit to like get his attention. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the like, fuck, getting into predicaments to where he'll have to come and rescue her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, he won't even come and rescue her. She'll just sort of like telepathically see him or something. I don't yeah, that's s- right, because they're like linked I don't like psychically this. in some way. Yeah. Meanwhile, so, I wish it was got, a different show. Meanwhile, she's got so a dumb. very, very <laughs> handsome, cuddly wolf boy that loves her. <laughs> and just and he got a haircut, so now he's much cuter. Will he fuck her to death potentially? I mean, I, that's if I were her, that Probably, I'd be more know. down for that than any than the fucking For cons- werewolves over vampires? Hell yeah. Yes, dog. Look, I'm yeah. holding the Universal Monsters box set. <laughs> Me too. I love Wolfman over Dracula. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A cuddly no. Wolfman versus a no. hard concrete consumption boy. Oh, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Yeah. With red yeah. eyes. <laughs> Like a mm-hmm. rabbit? Yeah. Not into it. Yeah, I'm not into you, nope. Benicula. Not. That's right, not Benicula. Into- <laughs> <laughs> I love Benicula. Just haven't said that word in like 20 years. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is ugh, bad. But this was bad in a way that's like I watched this at my friend's house of Bad Movie Sunday. We'd watch like Simpsons and whatever other things on King of the Hill or whatever. And then we watch a bad movie. And this is one of the few that the next day I was still mad about it. Mm. Like I'm, I'm so insulted by this. Like nothing really happens, Mm -hmm. which is pretty par for the course for these. Not a lot of plot and a lot of pining and a lot of like thick Mm anti-feminism. Yeah. I mean, I think though I would still say for my choice of a watch, I would choose this over old dogs just for the, (laughs) the pop culture, historical context. I mean, twilight fever was very high at this point. And, uh, I feel like it, 
I don't not know. with anybody I knew. My cousins were too young. My peers were too old. Oh, and- I was mm. my gal pals. We read all the books, mm. knowing that they were horrible, but still, kind of just wanted to read the books, and then we would go drink a lot and go to the movie. Mm. It was pretty right. awesome. I, I think I would probably recommend the third one mm-hmm. out of all of them because it's like almost in a movie. Mm-hmm. I remember walking off of that one, being like, "That was okay." I'm not ready to punch anything. Mm. Mm. And then the fourth one, part one, is so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, it's going to take forever one? to get there. We'll get to I it. Yeah. So there's a yeah. fourth one. The fourth one, part one? Yeah. Well, the fourth one, which is what? Three, three two. No, I thought. Maybe there are four books. There are four books, right? Oh, I don't know. Then there's, I cannot there's, there's remember five for the life of me now. I, I, yeah, there's five movies, there's so five there's movies, four books. and there's four books, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, so there's 4.1 is hilarious. 4.2 is hilarious in a totally different way. Three is watchable, one is mostly watchable, and this sucks ass! <laughs> That's hard to do. The second one's always the best. I do like, though, I would have to say, too, it is very calming for the eyeballs because everything's blue and gray. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Except for those yucky vampires. Yucky. (laughs) Uh, Moving to television in 2009 because I really, yeah, I see it now. I didn't want to talk about Twilight at all. I wanted Mm -hmm. to stop doing that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Modern Family, a show I uh, didn't want to keep watching after the first season, but every time I see it on a plane, I'm like, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and this is... I still pick it up, and it's fun. An episode, Great Expectations, with two great guest stars. Edward Norton plays Jesus. the bassist for Spandau Ballet. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which is when I, I remember watching it and thinking... What is happening right now? Is Edward Norton a Modern Family super fan? Like, why is this happening? I don't get it. But it's great. She, uh, Claire hires him for their anniversary because she thinks that it's Phil's favorite band. And it's not. <laughs> but he's just the bassist, so he can't really, like, play the full song. Anyways, it's pretty cute. Uh, so I pulled a little clip. Okay. There's someone at the door. Rock on, Phil Dunphy. Bam. Read it and weep, Phil. Oh. It's the is. Who? Izzy LaFontaine from Spandau Ballet. Izzy LaFontaine from Spandau He's got it now. He's got it. He's just seriously freaking out. Yes. Phil loves Spandau Ballet. That song, True, was playing in the car the first time we kissed. It's our song. So I did some research, found out that the lead guitarist lives like 40 miles from here. He was in the phone book. How 80s is that? I never liked Spando Ballet. <laughs> our entire marriage, I never once mentioned Spando Ballet. Am I, am I even pronouncing that right? It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, Edward Norton's really leaning into it. He's good. Yeah, he's got like a Beatles David Brent thing going on. Yeah, and, and, and then I, also Elizabeth Banks in the um, mm-hmm. the other storyline with the other couple whose names are Cam and Mitch. Okay. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks plays their friend, their gal pal, uh, their fruit fly, if you will, in their mm-hmm. relationship, and they go out with her, and she keeps. Uh, talking shit about their child and they realize that she's jealous. She's jealous that like oh. they can't hang out with her anymore because they have a baby. <laughs> and Aww. I feel like that he is couples, a... 
Gay couples, girl babies are the ultimate hags. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not fair. Well, Ugh, I'm going to go fight a baby now. That's my job. Exactly. This is an actually a very common uh, problem that happens, and it's no fun, <laughs> let me tell you. And uh, on the 21st, SNL, Joe JGL hosting with musical guest the Dave Matthews Band. Do you remember this episode? I don't. So Joseph I do. Gordon-Levitt does the craziest best monologue. Really? Yes. yes. He does. Uh, than Rick Moranis. I hope people actually went and tracked that down. It's fun. <laughs> what's the song that he does? Make him laugh. Make from him laugh. Singing in the rain. Really? That's and right. He does the running up the walls. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? And it is. Nope. He's doing it for real, and it's great. It's shocking. I love yeah. that. I love that sequence. Yeah, I mean, that's so good. Best. Yes. Yeah, he does a great job. But I did not pull that because it's mm-hmm. mainly visual. Mm-hmm. And what I did pull is one of my favorite sketches of all time, The Mellow Show. The Mellow Show. Which yeah. features, it's basically a talk show with a bunch of mellow guys, such as Jack Johnson and Dave Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just being mellow. And now, The Mellow Show with your host, Jack Johnson. Super Mellow Show, <laughs> tune in if you like, no pressure, whatever, it's like walking on the beach, yeah. Hi, I'm Jack Johnson, and welcome to The Mellow Show. Cargo shorts. <laughs> Joining me on the couch today is my partner in barefooted crime, the very mellow Dave Matthews. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Hi, Jack. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. Before we get started, a quick announcement. Be on the lookout for Ziggy, my escaped pet gecko in a fleece jester hat. It's so fun. I have and a... That was very much a vibe at that time. I forgot all about that type of guy. Yeah. yeah. That, I went to high school with most of that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember. I remember who yeah. you dated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then I went to college and dated that guy. Yeah, I remember. I remember very well. But I leave it to I went the... to a party that was full of that guy and mm-hmm. uh on my way out I had to blast Led Zeppelin because I just desperately needed to hear something with a beat. Yeah. They had to steal like sixteen just... conch shell necklaces. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, there was a point where they actually started talking about like golf clubs and I'm like, oh no. Oh, yeah. oh no, I've wandered well, into whiteness and I don't like that's a different kind of mellow guy that I'm I'm picturing no, like, no my... those are mellow guys once they get decent jobs okay they start talking about that it's like no they don't actually own a full set of golf clubs but they're getting there mm. oh boy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there were a lot of cargo shorts yeah and a lot of puka shell necklaces yeah puka shell necklaces a yeah. lot of playing santeria on your guitar at a party Sounds like you don't want to have a yeah. date with a band Badfish, the number one tribute band to Sublime, coming oh. to town soon. No, yeah, he, no, I can pass on that one. No? All right, I'll cancel the date. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the video games of 2009, which, again, we will discuss more in depth on Patreon.com slash LazerTime, the uh, Patreon that supports not only this show, but all the shows on the Laser Time Network. More coming soon, because it's a big fucking week. God damn it! Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Just Dance? Is it like the... Oh. Just Dance? That's technically the game that puts food on Diana's table. <laughs> I believe it's it's the last Wii game ever released this week. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's that's two that. Nintendo systems ago. Yeah, and but it's mm. still selling on there. I definitely remember playing that. Yeah, and it's a two Assassin's Creed games. So there, a praise be to them, Diana. Uh, Lego yeah. Indiana Jones two. 
which is sort of neat. But like uh, the Lego, that's what the, the Lego games are still like fun comedic recaps of the movies, mm. and before they started mm-hmm. using the voice acting. So this is very cute. Uh, Resident Evil: The Dark Side Chronicles don't know shit about it, but Left 4 Dead too. Mm. Oh. Uh, a game that deserved that a sequel, one. but Valve doesn't make games anymore. Assassin's Creed 2, uh, one of my favorites yeah. in the series, and one of my least favorite in the series, Tony Hawk Ride. Tony Hawk Ride. You know what Tony Hawk Ride mm. was? Mm. That was a game uh, from Activision who also made Guitar Hero. So Tony Hawk, the game series, get a little long in the tooth. So like, what if we mix the two together and make a full-size skateboard for your living room with what? sensors all over it? <gasps> and like, this is awful. This is one of the worst things I've ever how? had. How? To- <laughs> I don't even understand how that works. I don't either. Because like, what? What am I supposed to do? Flip this so thing? You're just taking the best part of a skateboard, which is moving yeah. the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the no wheels. You take the wheels off, and it's just you're standing on a piece of. I think the only plank. complaint I, we got the game late for review because they obviously didn't want people reviewing it. So mm. my I had like posted mm. my review, and it was just a picture of the board in the garbage can. Oh. and it was. <laughs> I don't know why we still had a, a metal garbage can in our Silicon Valley office, but it looked really cool. That is look cool. And. and a game I wanted to love so very much, Little Big Planet. It's a charming game to look at. Oh yeah, gave us one of the PS3's most notable icons in Sackboy. But it turns out I like playing games and not making them, and mm-hmm. that's the game is all about you making game levels. Again, we can talk more about this patreoncom slash time in just a few weeks with the Video Game Apocalypse Boys. Uh, once again, patreoncom slash time is where you can get our special shows, including a very drunk look at Dolomite and oh. Parasite, two movies. <laughs> I loved I, – I, that might be my favorite movies of the year that I oh, watched yeah. within like a week of one another. Oh, for sure. And I didn't even see Dark Fate. You guys did. I did. Uh, TL's on to talk about his dating experience. I don't remember because I blacked – I've never blacked out on a show before. So we got, we got that going on. We'll see. And, we'll see how uh, this one goes. Sorry, yeah, everybody. I woke up like, this advance. is two hours? <laughs> oh, goodness. I might have um, got a bit shrill at one point. Sorry. At one point. <gasps> uh, <laughs> how dare you? Whatever. You don't remember. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> I remember like I do remember starting to talk about Dolomite and like, am I repeating myself? I'm going to be quiet, and then I forgot what. Ha- and then I woke up in my bed with no sheets on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was washing them. I, <laughs> I didn't take them out. Um, and and yes, and there's that in uh, uh, Elm Street Nightmare. Uh, we're ha- we're over halfway through the uh, Chucky series, mm. and that's just getting more and more fun with every single entry. God damn it. Uh, so check that out with my co-host Lizzie Killian. I got to keep remembering to say her new last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diana, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at listeningerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at thirty twenty ten podcast three zero two zero one zero podcast. So who died? Who lived? Who made? All it? right. So the end of the show. We get to the births and deaths. Uh, the deaths. I only found one. Oh, it's a bummer. The two thousand nine. We lost Edward Woodward. He was seventy nine. That name doesn't ring a bell. He was the star of the show, The Equalizer. What? And he's the guy on the in the original Wicker Man. He's the cop, the star of the original oh, Wicker Man. That, and that movie fucking rules. That guy's the worst. That character, I mean. But oh, I hate <laughs> so much. But Stop so fucking in front of me, God, the Lord, and whatnot. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's oh, like it's what's like, wrong with you bastards? It, it's almost like. It's almost more over the top than the Nicolas Cage version. That just goes weird at the end. That guy is like full on the entire time. Uh, yeah. Edward Woodward, salute to you, bro. I just no, he slowly ramps mm-hmm. it up though, where it's mm-hmm. just like it's and it's not even just like you bunch of sinners. Mm-hmm. Like it finally gets there, but it, it's just sort of like what the fuck? What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm so British and uptight. And now it's oh God, I can see breast. No, no. 
Well, you won't have to see those dirty titties anymore, Mr. Woodward. You are now dead. As of 2009. Dirty, dirty titties. Uh, And so with the deaths, let's bring it back with the births. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. A ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, we got a good birthday. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. This is someone we have talked about a lot on this show. Okay. Born. November 19th, 1959, happy 60th birthday uh, to this winner of, let's see, she's won seven Emmys, a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, and an Oscar. It's not Tyler Perry. Seven Emmys. It is not Tyler Perry. Mm. Yeah. BAFTA. Um, She studied at, sorry? That's throwing me, the BAFTA. Uh, She studied at Kenyon College, learning acting from Paul Newman, and he and his wife, Joanne Woodward, encouraged her. She could take this up as a job. So she did. Allison Janney. Whoa, it is Allison Janney. That's not fair. She had pre-information. She tells that story on WTF. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I learned acting from (sighs) Paul Newman, really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. And he gave her like a, um, kind of a pass. He was just like, if you ever need anything in Hollywood, like call me. Like a free space. A guy who could do that. Yeah. And I don't think she ever actually did that. My God. But yeah. Damn. Yeah. Do you want to go over how many things she's been in that yes. we've talked about? Ah. Strangers with Candy, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big Night, movie I stand hard, Private mm-hmm. Parts, The Ice Storm, Primary Colors, Object of My Affection, The Imposters, a movie I stand even harder, Six Days, Seven Nights, Celebrity, and Oof. then her massive trio from 1999, Ten Things I Hate About You, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and American Beauty. Wow. Damn. Damn, girl. Forgot she was in a Plus, Beauty. Over the Hedge, Hairspray, the musical version, <laughs> Juno, and Away We Go. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, yeah, Juno. And we didn't even say The West Wing. And The West Wing, and that's where West all those Wing. Emmys come from. Yes. Of course. Where the BAFTAs come from? Uh, no, no, uh, it came from the same place where her Oscar came from, from Itanya. No shit, really? Uh, yeah. You can give movies BAFTAs that get Oscars? That don't beat all. <laughs> Learn <laughs> something new every day. Uh, I thought that would have been disqualified. Uh, well, that is about it for 302010, everyone. Be sure to listen every week. Hey, maybe tell a friend about the show or uh, maybe enjoy something else in the Laser Time Network. Uh, Sarah's been on a bunch of shows. It's been super fun. It's true. Uh, we have something Nintendo-based coming up if you've Ooh, been hankering for some video games in Laser Time. But every every week we have a Vigium Apocalypse every Friday. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to close out with Bad Romance. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. It, it's Great just, music video. I don't know. I don't know if Michael coined that, but he named one of his VG episodes early on Rad Bromance. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the first person to think of that? Uh, so I always read it like that, Rad yeah. Bromance. But no, it's Bad Romance uh, by Lady Gaga. And we will see you once again 30, 20, and 10 years into the past. Later, everyone. <laughs>